Listen up. It's TLDL. Welcome, everyone, to TLDL. Too long, didn't listen. Welcome. This is take two on the intro because I had a meltdown. (laughs) (laughs) Not anything related to the podcast, but I have yelled at um, a customer service representative today. I just want to... How long? An hour and 10 minutes. Screaming. I walked in. I walked in and she's in a bra. Her (laughs) face is all red. She's screaming into her AirPods and her arms are going like this. And they I, were flailing. And I was like, Ilya, why don't we go get some AA batteries and let this <laughs> um, cool off a bit? Look, I've, I've had 10 minutes to cool down, but my flights that I booked for my honeymoon two years ago were supposed to be pushed to a flight for this year. Mm-hmm. And they purged the tickets without telling me. Mm-hmm. And that was $14. $14. This is all over $14. $1,400 worth of flights that are just down the drain and they are, they made their final decision. Like they said it was out of the time frame, and they're like, someone, your agent tried to tell you. And I was like, where? And they told me the email and I was like, that's not my email. And she's like, Oh, well, I'm very sorry about that. And I was sorry. like, they're like, what? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Shit. I know. And 1400 is a lot of money and I'm it so is. looking forward to this. And it's supposed to be like our second honeymoon and I'm sure I'll come up with it. But that's $1,400 worth of like house projects now uh, yes, that totally. I'm going to be behind on. So it's just frustrating because it has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So anyway, poo-poo on her. I hope <sighs> that she dies a slow, painful death. Oh, Lord. Okay. Well, well, I said what in. I said. Is that what I said? And but I you're a, mean it for now. Yes. I won't mean it later. Uh, yes. I, but I mean it right but, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, today's episode is on parenthood. Hell yeah. I think it's time. It's fucking time it's we got different perspectives on it Mm -hmm. as a new mom yeah as a gay man wanting to be a parent Mm -hmm. even biological parent which is a little controversial and then um well but because it's the way i gave birth was controversial too even because people are so old-fashioned like even planning a c-section so i can't imagine wanting to like use a surrogate i'm sure it's like I'm sure people have their thoughts on that. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we're going to touch a little bit on adoption, you being adopted. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but we're excited, especially for this Roe v. Wade stuff that's going on right now. I think it's very on topic and very important that we touch upon a little bit of it. But yeah, it's a good way to, instead of having like a full episode on abortion rights and whatnot to kind of, we're going to mention, I think we're just more going to talk about why we believe what we believe. Mm -hmm. I think it's the conclusions there and we're going to touch on and talk about like being pro-choice and mention that. But I think more importantly, we're going to talk about parenting and the choices we have to make choices that were made for us when we were kids, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that got us to this point. And, um, cause we were children. So we know we have a perspective on parenting. That's maybe different. Well, I do. You have a perspective on parenting, but yeah, yeah. no, it's just, I think it's a good way for us to kind of discuss parenting. I think anyone listening to this and then we'll jump into a little bit of an intro, but just so that we don't not mention Roe v. Wade right away. Like we wanted to make sure everyone knows that's what, that's what we're talking about. It was 4th of July yesterday. Fuck that. Um, Um, No, it wasn't. Yes, it was when this comes out, when it comes out Oh yeah. for you listening. (laughs) And I can tell you, I did nothing for it. Um, I, 
thought it was Fourth of July yesterday. That's why I was You're like, wow. I'm like, am I we are we having a collective delusion? But no. No, you're on point. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so we'll get into a little intro, but I think our point is like, and I think the title of the episode is gonna be, you know, like, did we become our parents? It's it's a good way to discuss the issues around it without just having a two-hour episode on abortion. Because yes. everyone is. So let's give you a little bit of uh you know, reprieve from that while yes. still discussing the matter. Yes, totally. And um, my little idea for us to open it up with is um, what our unpopular opinion is. We've done this before on the pod, but... It's funny because I don't remember at all what I had to say. Um, Do you remember? Yes. Oh, well, what did I say last time? You said working smarter, not harder. No, that and was what I said this morning. Yeah. What did I say last time on the pod when we did this? Oh. Mm, I don't remember. Oh, money... It will make you happier. Oh, that's funny. I believe that. Oh, especially today. No, I still believe that. Oh, yeah, fourteen hundred dollars less, or I believe that. I believe. Oh, that you're for right. Sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Today's is working harder, not or and working mine, smarter, not harder. Yeah, and mine was. Um, yeah, what was it? Mine was I hate or I hate stereotypes or something like that. Was know. it? Yeah, something that's like funny that. that mine was about money. It's always yeah. true. It's, I stand for by sure. any monetary things I've said in the past. Hell yes. That I agree. Change. I yeah. for sure agree with that. Okay. So what's okay. your unpopular opinion today? Okay. I, and this is, I never wanted to cross a boundary of like what's happening currently with everything on the news and everything like that. But, um, I ha have this core belief just because I saw so many of these crazy, like, um, like not Illuminati documentaries, but there were like these. Oh, like, I watched so many of those. I've, like, oh, I, I watched a lot of yeah, a lot of those. A lot of like these, like, um, just like the. I, there was this one that was like this eight-hour documentary, and the quality was, was it so Shane low. Dawson? No, it was it was this. <laughs> the quality was so low that like it looked super bad. But they wanted to to fit it all into this one YouTube video, and it's okay. talking about how like marketing with like the logos and the slogans and the like the jingles and everything takes up a part of your brain yeah in america american culture and western culture fills your brain up with all of these um it's like these, subliminal messaging and whatnot well, and so the whole chunk of your brain is just dedicated to marketing from other companies yeah you respond to it totally yes and it's just it fills up and if it wasn't there you would have more room for more things but it's all of this stuff where, like, the pedophile island, Jeffrey, they called it pedophile island at the time. So that's pretty recent, like, though. You're talking recent is, conspiracies. This was back when I was 16, 17 years old. Where did I they was know watching. about Jeffrey Epstein 10 they years did. ago? They oh, did. Oh, shit. And so they were right. And they were right. And all oh, of these things. Oh, wow. So, and they were saying how the news and everything distracts us. is all orchestrated and pre-planned and all distracts us. I used to watch from, a little uh, a little bit, a lot of conspiracy yes. stuff. I think kind of with QAnon and being such like oh, huge God. Trump supporters, I kind of have backed off of my love of conspiracies. I don't know but, if I've mentioned this before mm -mm. on the pod. I don't know. But like, I would even even like 9-11 conspiracies and like definitely things about aliens i used to watch yeah. this shit like all the skull and bones you all told the, me about this yeah oh i'm obsessed but like since QAnon, it was kind of like okay well i'm just gonna not be interested in conspiracies for a while i don't want to be associated i don't want to be associated with that ever. they took the fun out of it so it's funny because i resonate with that i like used to watch them yes. all the time and what i sucks about it is because since i watched it at such a young age and it all a lot of it most of it became real I have this core belief where I can't even take political things seriously because I'm like, it's all fucking orchestrated. 
Like I really, there's a, not like I said, like with the Roe v. Wade stuff, that's a literal thing that happened. So it's not like right. that's it's orchestrated. Like yes. Okay. But maybe the noise around it is just like, like all that the, pol- I'm like, cause we were talking about it today. Like why do conservatives have such a stance on something that has almost no, nothing to do with them? That is almost, I, I, I have found that the most conservative viewpoints that they're so passionate about, almost none of them have anything to do with them and they don't care about the things that do like yeah they care about being gay or like abortion and medical rights and whatnot under the for really weird reasons that have nothing to do with them truly if they just let these things happen if they just let people have rights it wouldn't affect them but like there are so many deeply conservative right-wing people living in poverty and they don't care about that and that does affect their party so it's, it's like, i guess it's that's weird. why i hate republicans and conservatives so much like at least the stuff i find my leftist people caring about it, it is the stuff that actually affects them yes so it's just is frustrating yes to me. but so i guess my my unpopular yeah, opinion is yes <laughs> my unpopular opinion is i just can't get into it because i'm like it's all one big reality TV show. Even like the, I know kind of old news, but when Trump and Hillary Clinton were on stage debating each other, I was like in awe at how staged and rehearsed the whole thing looked. And well, like, debates are usually staged and rehearsed. I think it just all just seems way, it was just too much. I'm like, I think I you have to, be able to take it seriously. It. I yeah. think you, and it's hard and it sucks that and the responsibility so is on us, but you have to sift through it and like, look at the evidence and what actually has evidence behind it, that it is a real thing or a legitimate thing worth worrying about. And what is just like a headline. That's what, yeah. Like it just, it takes effort and I get it is it is overwhelming. Like there's just it's too easy to just like, okay, well, let me just tag onto this news network and they'll just tell me everything I have to feel and say. And they're all paid off, they're all owned by the same people. Like the left and right news networks are all owned by the the big ones, obviously. Yeah, I definitely I think it's important to stay tuned into the big ones because I think it's good to know what they're trying to distract us with for sure. But then very important to like follow independent journalists or news companies and whatnot, mm-hmm. because you're, you're not wrong. A yeah. lot of it is planned as a distraction, but not all of it is. And that's the problem. QAnon kind of grew out of this, like fully everything's a conspiracy belief. And it's like, okay, yes, some things are, but not everything isn't. So even on the opposite side of that, I worry about people and I just worry about people going too far down the, like, it's all fake. Cause it's like, it's not, but you have it's to work the, hard and I get yes, it. But it, yes, yeah. totally. And uh, yeah, I used to have a coworker that used to talk about QAnon and, that I were they in support of it or what? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. We we know them. Oh and, yes. Okay. And you you be like you know there's this like dude named QAnon and blah 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 and I'm like hmm. right when from the beginning where I heard it I was like if there's this many people tagging along I immediately don't and that's kind of the good and bad thing about it is I'm like mm, I kind of already don't believe it because I'm like why. Why are we riling all these people up? What's the reason? Why is there no back named? Why is there no person? Right. I mean, it's just like, a, it's, yeah. But with that said, your unpopular opinion is still just like, it does still feel fake, a lot of it. Oh, yeah. Like politi- like politicians, I'm like, Ugh, oh, my God. It's hard I just to believe like, it. It's hard to believe any of them because they're all get caught with all these fucking scandals. And it's just like, yeah. No, Anyways. I hear you. I understand it. I also am someone who like does love yeah. a good conspiracy, but I think like, 
Like I feel you where I get why you would think it's all fake, especially yes. some days. Where it's, it's not just even like, fun for me. It no. was never fun. No, it's it was irritating. Like, it's scary. It, when I was younger, I was scared. I was like, what's the point of living in this world? Oh, if it's you, all maybe you went deeper than I did. Cause I think I had like, I don't know. I feel like I've always had the balance of like what I like sifting through. What is the conspiracy? What is meant to like be fake? To like distract us, what some of the truth is, what the other truths are. I mean, I don't know if I've just spent so much time sifting, mm -hmm. but I feel you because a lot of times it does feel like it's like this is all bullshit. Especially when the Jeffrey Epstein thing came out, I was like, oh after they predicted my it, yeah, that's God. crazy. I was watching this stuff when I was younger, and I was like, is this real? This can't be real. If it's possible, I mean, I guess if it's anything's possible, if you can think it, you can you can create an island where anybody, no one can get away, everybody can get away with it. You can create a and country then, where no one can do anything either. And allegedly, it's like if, if it's like. And then it happened, and I was like, oh, my God. No, that's a crazy experience for you to have seen it from the front end, because I didn't. I, I didn't see it from the beginning. Yeah, that was 12 years ago. And there was just, like, guy talking, like, into a microphone with, like, all of these, like, these, like, slideshows. It slide is important shows. to listen to, like, yeah. the crazies, because he's not sometimes, crazy. yeah. But, like, it is sometimes important, and, like, to at least suss it out. For sure. So I think that's important. It's important we share things, even that sometimes are questionable, and let people kind of look further, because... There is legitimacy in a lot of the stuff that people are calling out, even if it sounds insane. Totally. Look, genetically modified animals. They were like, they're going to start splicing animals and plants oh, yeah, together. Didn't they do that? Didn't and they make another now, sheep or something? And now they literally have, uh, it's very open on, uh, I forget what GMO company. They're like, oh, we're starting to genetically modify salmon. We've been working on it for the last uh, how many years? And we've been splicing it with the DNA from this and that. And there's a, a, a goat that like, will come and then like There's unfortunately a goat, that go a goat where? that'll, that'll <laughs> create this silk from what? its because they genetically splice it with a spider okay and i heard something about a spider and silk actually and it's so annoying this is what's so annoying with yeah. back to the q and stuff because it is literally a thing that's re a reality and then alex jones was like spider goats blah 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 there's like he's like screaming everyone's like all right dude you're fucking crazy and he is and i don't agree with him and i don't really like him as a personality or a person i don't know who that is alex jones mm -hmm. he was um info world wars okay. yeah he's just like a huge right-wing conspiracy dude and he was right and he was like it is it's very like, it's it is, annoying it's hard. yes it's yeah, hard it's, it's a hard world to so try unpopular opinion is it's all reality TV, TV show. Like it's all me. orchestrated. Yes. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I feel it's, and it's also. But then it's real. And I'm, I know, as and I'm getting it's older, like, it's where real. do you, where do you get involved? Right. Totally. Versus just like ignoring it all. Yes. But I feel it is easy. It, it would be easy to like, just turn it off and walk away and not come back. Like, cause it's so overwhelming. Yes. And it's really frustrating when you do hear things and they do t turn out to be fake or, you know, the worst becomes actually true, oh you know? So yeah. I feel that, um, my unpopular opinion is a lot lighter. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It is. Well, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just lighter. It's just, I think that um, people should work smarter, not harder, and ask, like, for help, all of that, to make, like, life easier for themselves. I think it's, I don't know, Bill Gates, who he's he's on the QAnon list, too. Love but um, I don't really I know don't anything him. about him. I mean, I do. I know, I know as much as the next person, but... You know, I don't know. I grew up and he was where I lived. So, yes, yes. You know, I don't know. I just kind of didn't pay that much attention, which is on me. But That's I think he said the work smarter, not harder thing. And I just have noticed, like, in my life that people, 
I don't know if it's because they have something to prove, so they want to do the most to, like, achieve an end result. But they could, like, do 10 steps less and still get the same end result. Yes. And I just wonder, like, if it's because they have something to prove that they, like, can do something thoroughly or if they really aren't that smart and they, like, actually have to do those 10 things to come to the same result as me. But I just feel like people waste a lot of time getting things done because they yeah. make things harder for themselves. It's I don't know if this sure is like an unpopular thing. opinion. I think it's like an ego thing too. They're like, let me prove that I'm the best. And like, here are my steps. And I'm like, I used this metaphor earlier, like, and this happened to me at a wedding. I had to go to a car and I had to pull the game of cornhole out of the car. And I needed the game of cornhole hole, like over this fence in a pasture. And I had walked all around, like around a fence to these cars. And it was like a couple block walk. And I was planning on walking them back. And then I realized I could just throw them over the fence. And like, that doesn't look great as a wedding planner to be throwing things over a fence. But I was like, listen, I gently toss it over a fence. It lands. And then I walk without a hundred pounds in my hands or Easy. I walk it back to look right and look good. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm just, I'm going to get the same end result. I'm just going to toss it over. Like this Hell is yeah. so easy, but I do know people who'd be like, Oh my God, we can't do that. Like we need to walk it around. I'm like, why, what is the good reason for making uh, this harder on yourself? So unpopular opinion, if you can get the end result and really get the same exact end result, then don't make things harder on yourself. Hell yeah. I think, and I talked about it in the entrepreneurialism episode too, because I, I learned a team is where it's at. You got to trust other people. Oh, delegating, delegating, knowing you're not the only person who can do something and like understanding. Th that's why I said it's an ego thing. Cause in the beginning totally. it was when my first podcast, it was totally an ego thing. I was like, Oh, I film it. I record it. I do the sound engineering. I, uh, I have the guests like on so much work. And then <laughs> I did one episode a month. And yeah, because it's, it's like fucking barely. hard. Yeah. Yes, work smarter, not harder. 100%. Uh -huh. No, and that's true, too. I mean, I think I see people who are like, oh, I've got all this on my plate and I have to do all this stuff. And I, I feel that way sometimes. I'm like, I have so much I have to do. But if I can delegate, I definitely will and do because I don't think that I'm any smarter than the person I'm asking yeah. to help me. And it's like if I have to coach them, fine, no problem. Like, I think that's fine. We're all better at some things than others. But it's not like you're so smart and good at something that someone else couldn't come in and help you. Hell yeah. And that's like you need. Yeah, that is a pride thing. Hell so yeah. I just that's my unpopular opinion is this week because I see a lot of people out there like trying to prove the most. And I'm like, you didn't need to do all that. Like yeah. you could have totally just like gotten the job done and like not wasted so much time and help, for what? And people love being asked for help. Also that, yeah, delegate stuff and like take the easiest path. If you can get the same end result. There yeah. are certain things you need to like do, do super diligently and whatnot, but Jesus Christ, I just watch people wasting so many hours of their day and it's like, if I can get the same job done, it's like in the office. Did you didn't watch the office? A little bit. Well, Jim said to Michael one time, he was, or Michael was like, Jim, you got the same amount of work done in three hours that it usually takes me all day and Jim was like, yep, for sure. Like, it is that. Like, some people take pride in being really fucking slow. And <laughs> it's like, okay, congrats. <laughs> I'm going to, like, go get my nails done or something. Yes, hell yeah. So that's my, it's like half advice, half unpopular opinion. Totally. It's like a cliche to some, a lot of people say, but there's no, there's, it's practically, the practicality of it, people don't really know how to yeah. apply that. That's true. Yeah. Well, if you, you just guys are tip, facing bitch. an issue that's going to take you a long time to do it, message me. I promise I'll come up with a solution that's like a quarter of the length. I was in Idaho this weekend. Oh, yeah, you were. I want to talk You're about gone. something fun and hilarious yes, yes, before yes. because I yes, feel yes, yes, like yes, yes. this is this is 
childhood yes, trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah parents. I went to Idaho and I had a fucking great time. Mm-hmm. And Idaho has taken all of our rights away, but I still managed to have a delightful time there. Yeah. I went for a wedding. It was my first destination wedding I've done. I was Congrats. thrown out. I know. Thank you. Were you were thrown out? <laughs> they threw me in the trash. They're like, they just picked me up out. and dropped me in a dumpster. Get out. <laughs> no, they flew me out and they flew Amy out. Cute. And we got to reunite. We weren't expecting to see each other until November. Cute. I know. So we got to see each other. We both got flown to Idaho and we did this fun wedding. There was like a Western welcome party, mm. which is so cute. They had like a full three day wedding weekend. Like they did the whole thing. So they did a welcome party with like a hundred people with catering and speeches. I cried. I always cry. The groom cried. Oh. oh yeah. It was sweet. And then the wedding was awesome. And that was like much more like elegant. And then they did a brunch that we went to and I finally had a drink and took a little schmucker to burn. Mm. With the Smoke groom. Weed. Oh, oh, very Maybe. cool. He and I clicked. Got along. Yeah, we had a few people like guests at the wedding or their bridal party because the like bride was super chill. Like, so cool, so chill, didn't care. Like, her speech was, let's party, hell yeah. And his speech was like, every person here, I'm now going to name you and tell you why I love you. But people would look at us talking and they're like, oh, you're, this, you're the same person. Like, we were like, Jumping up and down, arms flailing like you have seen me do. And like he and I were like, should we do this? And now we're doing this. And now we're doing that. And like the bride was just drinking, like staring at us like, thank God. Someone took my place. So I don't have <laughs> to like talk to him about the wedding. <laughs> yes, but it was like, it was awesome because we, we just got it. Like it was easy. I took this wedding over three weeks ago because their wedding planner ghosted them. Oh. Yeah, they had to pay on top of her, fly us out to Idaho and fix it. And we did it. But it was so fun because I got to work with like a couple whose men- energy like matched mine. Hell yeah. It was also like under pressure and it was perfect. Nothing went wrong. It was like just and absolutely. And Amy was there with you. And I got to be reunited with Amy. Cute. And we went shopping and nice. it was so fun. I actually, so I've been working on my music again, which has yeah? been. Yes. So that's <gasps> what, that's a little bit of what happens behind the scenes. More work, but yes. No. So, it's, no. it's passion. And you know, I did. If you love what you I, do, you never work a day in your life. That's true. Maybe we could do an episode on microdosing psychedelics. One, <laughs> these, one of these days. Is that what you do for a living? No. No, but I did microdose and I came to the conclusion. What did you microdose? Um, uh, psychedelic mushrooms. Oh, okay. Okay. But it was, it was, it's a, it was a control. Like this dude has like this greenhouse. It's very like, it's not like I was sitting there tripping and then fucking going around around naked. Wonderful thing. I mean, I definitely have like a group, groups of friends that have tried it. Oh, that it's like a ritual in their life for sure. I tried it one time. A lot of it. <laughs> Let me finish your story. Oh, yeah. well, and anyways, then I'll tell you my one experience. This, I came to this conclusion. I was like, this is literally what I would do if money was not an option. I mean, was not anything. I would entertain on camera like this and make music. That was oh, like, hell it, yeah. it was a, cl- it was so clear in my mind. I was like, awesome. I could make music all day. I could do this all day. Yes. I could like go the clarity. to events. Yes. It was, there was nothing in the way. There was no self doubt or anything. And then, I had self doubt after the day after, but yeah. in that moment, it it was a really clear. Well, answer. I don't microdose psychedelics, but I I do have days where I'm just like in a I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you're in a clearer mood, mm-hmm. and less is like 
affecting me for sure. And I'll be like, Oh my God, it's so obvious. Like I am living the dream life I want. Like I have this company that I love and like people like us and like, that's awesome. Hell yeah. And then the podcast and people are starting to like us. I'm like, hell yeah. But then I have other days where I'm like, I'll never make enough money off of this. Like it's never going to go anywhere. I'm so stressed. What if someone sues us? And it's like so frustrating to have that fucking dichotomy in your brain. It's, I will say it's like 85% hell yeah, this is it. But then it's like that little bit of doubt and it just yes. like totally brings me down but it motivates me because it gets me like I'm like okay well let me make sure it doesn't all crumble and it like it's it, those self-doubt moments at least I twist it into something positive yes. and use it to kind of be like okay what do I need to do oh, totally because it is like overwhelming very and then for me I'm at a day job for four days a week all day it's so crazy I'm how stuck much you're in my I'm stuck in my self-doubt mode yeah. for a lot of it I'm like I'm Offering fries. Do you want fries with that? I know. That is the most, it is like the most, but. But I still pick up trash after people in my absolute dream job. So I will say like. I get it. No, no. I know. And it's just like, it's a mindset I don't feel that bad about it. Totally. It's just like sometimes in the moment I'm like, oh my God. But then afterwards I'm like, yo, this is all part of it. And I'm meeting people. Yes. And I'm meeting people in the community. Yes. And I'm seeing them and they're like, oh, and I see their kids growing up. And so there's that, the beautiful aspect of like, there is like a, there is something happening. I think the community building in a really small town like ours like I got my little coffee job yes like this week I only worked a whole four hours that's it that's my whole week but I met someone who's opening a new venue and I'm going to see them next Tuesday that's why I got that job and I'm going to do it at least a year because it's like I've already met so many people who've made a difference I saw a girl yesterday same week same four hours that's going to bartend at one of the weddings Shamila I'm not uh, oh she, yeah it's confirmed it's on our I calendar love Shabala. so like i think the community building while you have to do this is what you have to focus on oh yeah because for sure. i'm not really getting a paycheck from it either and i'm just like oh it's worth it it's worth those hours yes. that i'm in front of people so yeah you're getting there yes but for you sure. have to stay focused on the like end goal to yes. get out of that part of the industry totally i just need to have a clear end goal but well the clear end goal is literally living as an artist Totally. And, and entertain. I think we can do it. I think we yeah. just got to keep. We, yeah, we're doing sticking it. Sticking to it. We're so let me tell you <laughs> yes. before we get into parenting my time on psychedelic mushrooms. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I did everything wrong for sure. Everything wrong. I was 25. I was throwing a party at my house that I just bought myself. So I did a friend's giving. We bought the house in the summer and I was like finally ready to have a housewarming party. So it was in November. Mm -hmm. So it's dark, it's cold, it's raining. It's nighttime. It's at my house. I was up all day. I was cooking. I started drinking like early when I was 25, Uh, I could drink more too. Like I was able to put it down. Now I like have a sip of wine and projectile vomit, but whatever, (laughs) whatever. My body's betrayed me. So I was drinking. It was nighttime. I had like 40 people in my house and one of my friends who is older and wiser and doesn't drink like that was like, Oh, I have mushrooms. I'm taking them. And I'm like, this is the time. This is the day that I should try them. I knew I shouldn't, but I was already drunk at that point. And I was drunk. I was sick. Like I was not feeling well. And I took them and I was so miserable and so scared when they hit in. I know I took more than, what is it? What did they recommend? Like an eighth? Is that the mushroom policy? I think. Okay. But it's so weird because everyone has different body types. Oh, and I can't handle anything. So I, I, I took like double the dose and I was fried. So 
I took them with my husband and then with my best friend and my other really good friend and with a great group of people. That was the only thing salvaging this. Yes. And I was sitting there in the grass in the rain at like 11 o'clock at night, <laughs> higher than shit in a mini skirt. I mean, just horrible. And they're all vibing. I look over and my best friend Zaylee is like, she looks like to me, this was the only cool part. She looked like Tahiti from Moana, like the green lady. Like I could see her skin breathing. And that was cool. Cause I was like, Oh, I love you. You are like a piece of nature. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh. I said it out loud. I was like, I get it. That's great. However, I'm not having a nice time you guys. And they were like, are you kidding? Like they're all having so much fun. I was like, I actually want to die. Like, I hate this. I want to go back to corporate America. I believe in capitalism and I want to get out of this grass and into a warm bed and I want to be sober Whoa. and I never want to take mushrooms again. And they were like, Oh my God. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. Like, I know what I'm saying is crazy, but like, I am not getting what you're getting from this. I, it wasn't daylight. I wasn't sober. I wasn't in open fields. I was cold at nighttime drunk. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I hated it. I was so scared. Whoa. I just waited. I was like, please let it pass. Please let it pass. And the mushrooms from my experience kind of went away. Yeah. And then it came back like in waves even harder. And I was like, oh, well, this is just hell on earth. So I spent the whole time complaining about wanting to be sober and how I wanted to go back to making money in my day job. Whoa. It was the worst. And I know I did it wrong. Haven't taken them since. I don't think I ever will. Oh. Even okay. though I think it would be a beautiful experience in a different setting. So maybe in like five more years, but I was scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was like saying... The craziest things. I was so scared. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, it will, it brings stuff up in you. That's interesting. It that didn't bring anything up other than I loved capitalism. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You're so, you're really attached to business and capitalism yeah, and all it was this stuff. Not there's a part of you that's, and you can't, yeah, there's a part I of you that I couldn't let couldn't. go, but I think it was mostly because of such wrong circumstances because I've taken other psychedelic drugs and had such a great time. Mushrooms so fun, is very specific. Liberating. Yes. Totally. And I just did it wrong. But I they were staring at me like I deserve oh. to be put away. They were like, go away and stop ruining our time. And I was like, mm, I will. <laughs> I can't wait and to then I stuff. Yeah. stared at myself in the mirror. Did that trip you out? I just was like, I'm aging <laughs> rapidly. So then I sat in the mirror for like 10 minutes going, you're getting old. I was 25. Whoa. I was like, you're a witch. You're a witch, an old witch. <laughs> oh my God. These I, are all great lessons. If you journaled all this. You guys don't take mushrooms. Don't take more than an eighth. Don't be drunk. Don't be at nighttime. Don't be cold. Like do it sober in a beautiful environment. And I know I messed up, but yeah, Alex, yeah, yeah. health to the fucking no. Hell no. Hell to the fucking no. Hell yeah. Well, hell Scariest? yeah. I think, I think it's great. Scariest. It, the experience that I'm getting from it is that there were little lessons there that I'm hearing. That I'm, I'm obsessed like, with money. Yeah. Money and the, <laughs> like, in like material things, not in a, a bad way, but you just like really like your attack. There's a part of you that's attached to it. And it's funny because I think if I took shrooms like now in a good environment, I'd probably come up with like a whole new business. Yeah. Oh, it would probably yeah. still be business oriented, but I wasn't letting myself like enjoy the ride totally i like shut down it was so scared hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah, hell yeah well, brother. I did all of them uh, have you taken lsd Acid? i've been watching yes me too yeah. that was really fun only one time for that as well yeah best night ever but i wasn't drunk i wasn't any of those things it, at a festival it changed my whole perspective on plants gosh i was like 20 it, it was, just, it was an just... experience with plants that i've never had and then like this white a literal white cat not a hallucination a white cat with blue eyes came out of nowhere are you sure it wasn't a hallucination i have a picture oh, of it i have a picture of it i had to take a picture 
because oh, you did? It, it was so like uh, yeah it was crazy and then the girl that um had that that gave it to me i texted her and i was like oh my god it's crazy the energy outside is great and then she wrote you're golden as a text back Aww. and it was like i'm golden Stay golden pony and boy. it was just like this like <laughs> it was crazy but yeah anyway i hallucinated seahorses Oh. So I didn't realize, so I was like 19 or 20. It was a, you know, very long time ago, but it was a wonderful experience, but I didn't know exactly what I was taking, which is not smart kids, you know, oh, don't do of it. Of course. Oh my God. And actually Especially right with now, fentanyl, with fentanyl, this is very different. This was 10 years ago. This is really not fucking funny anymore. I, you couldn't get me to take a hard drug like that. It's just not going to happen for multiple reasons. Uh, I mean, it was a phase of my life. I was like early twenties. Like no, and it was really like, fun. And if you still do it now, that's great. Test your drugs. Like I don't ever want to be like, don't take them because that's your, you know, that's not going to do anything, but be responsible. If you you're can still buy doing online this. tests to see if there's fentanyl or anything yes, in it. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Because fentanyl y'all, that'll mm -hmm. kill you in one try. Oh my yeah. God. It's so I've, we've lost, I know people have died mm, and they're same. like normal, not like, you know, strung out drug addicts. They're just like taking a party drug and die. So yes, no, but I, okay, well, I, I had a great time and there was no fentanyl and I was, I hallucinated like seahorses. I was at this music festival called Paradiso, which my friends dragged me to. I was not a raver. I did not listen to EDM, yeah. but I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I'm going to have a great time. And I was like, are there seahorses? And this guy was like, of course there are. You're on acid. I was like, no way. This is a fun time. Yeah, of course there are. Hi. He was like, no. He's like validating your hallucinations. And hallucination. then I tried to take out my phone to text my friends, right? All the letters were off the keypad. So I could see like the squares of the keypad, in the, but it was shining white. Couldn't text them. They tried to get on stage because they dragged their... They dragged their friend who's a fucking lame -o. I never even drank. And they tried to get on stage, the main stage at the Gorge at Paradiso, to have the like DJ like try to find me. I came home the next day. <laughs> And just a bra. I lost my underwear. And not, <laughs> not due to any sexual activity. I just like, I think I was rolling around in the grass and I was like, I think my butt needs to feel the grass. Oh my God. And I, so I was 19, yeah. And I walked home the next day. I was like, best night ever. Oh. I've never done anything like it again. But it was oh, yeah. so fun. I bet. That sounds I hope amazing. Everyone, I hope everyone like takes one hard drug at least one time. Ivanette, that's you. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh <laughs> You're my next God. lady. Oh my God. No, I don't know. But that was also, yeah, 10 years ago. Yes. I probably totally. wouldn't do it now. Same. But yeah. it was fun. It it was like, especially with psychedelics and a good experience. What with happened it, with the plant? It's just, just like, I would. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to explain. This okay. would be a whole episode, but I just we like. We should do an episode. To answer your original, you started this yes. with, we should do an episode. We'll do an episode. We'll do on an it. episode. Okay. You'll talk about experience. the plants later. Yes. Oh my God. Okay, it was well, crazy. The seahorses were pink. Yeah. Ooh. And that's the end of that. Plants are alive. In a oh, way, in a, in a tangible way. Just in a like way. Zaley's face was breathing. Yes. Um, so our long-winded fucking intro. I hope we gave you guys a break. Yes. Because this week's been weird. Parenting. Parenting. Parenthood. Parenthood. Um, so childhood. Chi All of it. Childhood. <clears throat> yeah. Um, first, and first and foremost, we're talking parenthood is a choice. Oh, yeah. Yes. A choice that, um, because of the whole Roe v. Wade thing, it's, a, it's something that not only happens in during you know when it when it happens from conception to like being a parent every day is a choice every day is a choice that's a i liked you said that earlier mm -hmm. and that is very true because you wake up and you're like i'm a mom 
you have to that oh, comes to yes. you, it comes to terms. I mean, I'm sure it's a stressful job. <laughs> <laughs> Today, Ezra just like he's a really mild mannered baby. He he just for the first thirty minutes of that hour call, he was screaming, just screaming while I held him. Was crying no, or just yeah, screaming? Just crying. Held him, offered him a snack, offered him water. I didn't really mind that he was screaming because I think it was giving the customer service lady more anxiety. And I was yeah. like, good, good suffer. Bitch. But it is so funny. Like, because sometimes they're amazing, perfect angels and you don't even know when it's going to hit and they turn into little devils. And you just have to be like, yeah, this is my child. Yeah, I, and have, to I say, have to hold it. Yes. I have to be the one holding it. No one else is going to do this. Yeah. I have to say you are a good mom. Well, thanks. I mean, I, I, I try. I mean, you, but you're just very self-aware. <laughs> you know what you're doing. You don't lash out on him. You don't like, at least when I'm around and I peep and you know, that doesn't stop people being around does not stop moms from lashing yeah, out. Yeah, No, I don't lash out at Ezra. And, no. Um, yeah, and you're very patient, and I'm like, wow. He and he, you let him do his thing. Yes. You don't dim, dim his light. No, we'll we'll come back to that reference a couple. Yeah, of times. let's come back to that. But no, I yes. love watching him be silly and goofy, and like letting him just be a weird little baby. Yeah, it's easier to do at this age, though. I think parents start struggling with that when babies get older, yes. and then they feel like they want their baby to represent them in a certain way, oh. which is like super unfair. But yeah. yes, let's put a little pin in that, and we will come back to the whole like dimming your baby's light yes totally um and uh, well because my mom she heard she really chose like i don't think also there was never really another option mm -hmm. but she was all mom she was yeah. that was her she had a job but she was a mother and she like put her whole thing i remember one <clears throat> i might have mentioned it on the podcast i don't remember but okay. i remember one time we were watching TV, the TV was just on and my mom was like doing something while me and my brother were watching it. And this woman came on TV and she just looked really stressed out. She looked fucking miserable. She's like, hold your baby. She's like, mothering is such a stressful job. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I just, blah, blah, blah. Saying all this and complaining about it. My mom turned the TV off and like sat down with me and my brother and was like, motherhood is not only a privilege, but I enjoy doing this every day for you guys. This is not something that, um, I take for granted ever had this whole speech where me and my brother at the time, we didn't really like, okay. understand the gravity <laughs> Thanks, of how, how impactful that is. But that really was like a core memory where like her just being grateful. She did such a thankless job. Yeah. No, and that's incredible. Like, yeah. I think that kind of, there's a lot of different ways to be a mom for sure. And I think you have mentioned that on the podcast, but it's important. I mean, those are the kind of things that do stick with you through adulthood and like, for sure definitely help form your perspective of be, like parenting. Um, but there are definitely different types of being a mother. And that is one of the most devoted types. Now I'm not someone who would stand on TV, either all haggard and saying like how hard it is, but I'm also not like, it's never stressful. Yeah. You know, oh, there yeah. is, there is a balance that I, my perception of motherhood is there is a balance of stress and joy and appreciation. Um, it's not all of one. Yes. And it's certainly more joy and more appreciation. For like, sure. I couldn't be more clear about that. But there is 10% of the time where I am just like, can I just place him in another room and walk away <laughs> yeah. and never look back? Like, you know? And I, and that, but seriously, like, it, it doesn't get further than that. Like, I do feel for moms who feel like it is always so stressful. Yeah. I, I mean, my heart breaks for them because if I felt the way I do that 10% of the time, yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. of the time, I, I I can't imagine life would be worth living. It is that depression. stressful. Yeah. Yes. Post I, 
like my empathy is so high for those for those moms, and I feel so bad for them. Did you ever have postpartum depression? No, no, I didn't have any postpartum symptoms I know, like, like that. No, some women are in the hospital like right after they give birth. They're, they're like, I got to throw this baby out the window. Totally. Yeah, it's valid. Yeah, I, I, it's for real. So horm- I mean, hormones are crazy. Men and women have hormones, and yes. you know, obviously, women are more affected by them. I think. However. Imagine that, you know, times 30 with like a dark, hopeless twist on it. That's what I imagine like postpartum is. And and I feel so bad and I I wish there were more resources, but it is is. so scary and it's unpredictable. The most like um, mentally stable people will get postpartum depression and it's like the first time in their whole life they've ever experienced real depression. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like having this baby and you're like, I, I don't want to be around it. I mean, I feel so badly. And these are women who've wanted the baby and worked hard for this and have never suffered mental illness. And now they're like, I want to throw it out a window. Oh my God. Yeah. That's that's terrifying. terrifying. So my heart, like, could not have more empathy for that. But your mom is a saint. Your <laughs> mom's sure. a fucking, that's, that is also crazy to me that she's yes. like never a burden. It's never. Like, wow. She put herself aside. She put a huge part of yeah. herself aside for motherhood, which was great. And she never had more than two kids. It was just me and my brother. And mm-hmm. we were so close together that like it was those two. And now she, she, cl- I'm sure maybe obviously it would have been different if she had more kids or maybe not. She did an amazing job prioritizing you too. Uh, hell yeah. Maybe a little too much because then I afterwards I was like, wait, why don't I know how to use a washing machine? And I'm 20, <laughs> you know. God, I would have loved to not know how to wash, <laughs> use a washing machine. I knew how to use a washing machine. I'll say that. Yes, I totally. I did my mother's laundry. Oh, you but did? But she had cancer. So I was yeah, like, yeah, of course yeah. I did. I did a bad job though. And how old were you again when she When she when got she cancer when I was, oh, when she passed, I was 18. She got cancer when I was 11. Oh, wow. It was a long bout. And you were adopted. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. That's a crazy, well, not crazy, but that's a, like an intense take on motherhood. Her just no, taking you in. For sure. I'll go, what, what, what do you want to hit first in this conversation? Because I will totally speak on that because it's changed my perspective of motherhood. But I want to make sure I don't get, you know, I feel like my life story could take totally. up a whole episode. For sure. Well, we're just. So. <sighs> Let's be clear, though, I think the beginning of this and pointing out like Alex's mom and how devoted she was and whatnot. And even if it's hard or not hard, it's a choice. It has to be a choice every day. Um, Having the baby also has to be a choice. If you have the baby by choice and then decide that you can't be a mother, you know, at that point, if you make that choice, your child, you know, would go into foster care. That's what happened to me. So my mom, my birth mom Mm -hmm. got pregnant at 14 and made the choice 14, to keep me, made yeah. the choice to stop taking drugs, which was incredible. I mean, I'm very grateful for that. So I don't have like a fetal alcohol syndrome or I didn't come out addicted to any medication. Mm-hmm. So that is, thank God. Um, but when I was six months old, my birth mom was completely overwhelmed. We were in Tennessee and she tried to kill Tennessee. me. We were in Tennessee. Why? Ooh, I don't know. Don't know. Me neither. Never have gotten an answer. Mm. I did clarify this story with my biological grandma recently also. Mm. So I went through, I wanted to make sure before I publicly spoke about this, that I had the facts straight because yes. a lot of this was just in court documents and it's hard to know. And my yeah. grandma confirmed everything. So my birth mom and birth dad went to Tennessee. I don't know why we were staying in a hotel. She was incredibly overwhelmed and tried to kill us. She set the hotel room on fire, oh. but she was kind of stupid 
because she set the bed on fire. And so if you were going to try to kill someone, you would probably set like the curtains on fire so that the room would, and listen, I've thought about it. She did a bad job. So my birth dad woke (laughs) up, my birth dad woke up and we were fine and didn't suffer like any injuries or like major injuries that I know of. We left my birth dad at that point, we were six months old, made the choice that she wasn't going to be a mom, right? Like, that, that is a choice. choice. You're like, I'm going to kill my kid. That's that you are, a choice, I guess. You're choosing that you are no longer choosing parenthood. Not ethical, but it is what it is. It, thank God I'm alive. Oh, I mean, for sure. For that reason, because at that point, I was a living, breathing baby. Like, that's the thing. An abortion, to be clear, is not killing a, a six-month-old baby. Yeah. An abortion is getting rid of fertilized eggs that a woman would pass while having her period anyway. You know, mm-hmm. like... Whatever. So she tried to kill a human, not a baby or a fetus. Let's be clear. Like an abortion is not killing someone. So that's crazy. But she made the choice. And then my birth dad called his old foster parent Mm -hmm. who um, flew across the country and picked me up, got, you know, the state said, yes, you can go get the baby. He brought me back to his foster care. And that person is my dad today. The person who came and got me. My birth dad's foster dad is my adopted dad. Oh, yes. whoa. So that is Sorry, how it yeah. came to be because my birth mom made a choice six months yes. in that she was no longer interested in being a parent. Uh, damn. Went and on you guys to have, are no contact. Yeah, she went on to have three more kids. Damn. Yeah. But that's, that's how it, it came it, to be. So yes. it, it's really frustrating for me to hear this adoption rhetoric of just giving your kid up for adoption, like have the kid. And um, give it up for adoption. That's an option. And right? it's like, it took nine years for me to end up adopted all for by both of my parents. Six years for the first adoption, nine years for the second. And you were lucky as hell. And I was, yeah, I was lucky as hell. Six months in, I got like taken away from this abusive home and I spent six years in a foster care. Yeah. There's no uh, give up your baby for adoption. It just gets, it took six years for the first adoption to take place six years after someone tried to kill me and I wasn't able to be adopted immediately. So like, I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't want to hear about adoption is this great choice. Give your kid up for adoption. And then when I was adopted and I say this with all the empathy and forgiveness in my heart, but my adopted mom got cancer two years after she legally adopted me. Um, three. So I was six when she, when I moved in with her, even though she didn't legally Mm -hmm. adopt me at that point, I moved in with her at six, she got cancer at 11, was completely addicted to painkillers and cancer medications the entirety of the time I was in high school and was incredibly abusive because of untreated mental illness exacerbated by drugs and cancer medication. This is not her fault. I've forgiven her completely. Yeah. But I was abused in my original home during visitations that were unsupervised and by my adopted parents. So I don't want to fucking hear, give your kid up for adoption. It's like, these yes. intelligent and I know I'm like going on a very long no I want to I want to hear these, yes, yes, yes. it just pisses me off seeing these sign holders like we'll adopt your baby it's like why what the fuck do you want to do to that kid and as an option most people not most but a large a large amount of people who get pregnant and want an abortion are intelligent people and women who have something going on in their life that they know they can't be a parent for. Mm -hmm. But if they're being forced to carry this child, these intelligent people, whether they're in med school, law school, or working a blue collar job are not the kind of people are like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to now, after being forced to carry in forced delivery, I'm going to give this baby, this precious baby who did nothing wrong, who's now a baby because they wouldn't let me abort it out of fetus, um, to the most abusive system in the United States, the foster care system. 
Oh, or to for sure. adoptive parents who are right wing, anti gay, fucking weirdos holding signs on the streets. They're not going to do that. So their lives completely shift, change, or are ruined. Let's be honest, they didn't want this baby in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But they either keep the child and ruin their life because it will, because that's not the life they wanted. They yep, wanted yep. an abortion or they give a child to a system that 93% of kids who go into foster care are abused in some manner. 38% who are adopted are abused by their adopted parents. And we're talking sexual abuse. We're talking physical abuse and we're talking mental and emotional abuse. So there's my long rant, but I don't want to fucking hear the adoption rhetoric anymore. You can go to my Instagram if you want to hear more. We're going to make a Facebook group actually. So you yes. guys join it and we can talk, but I will let this conversation yes. be more balanced from yes, here on yes, out, but, yes. but I'm but just, I, I don't want to hear people, it. I'm fucking pissed. I, I don't want to hear it. And I wanted people to hear that because I think it's a very powerful message. A lot of people do talk about adoption being an option and adoption. It's like not an option. It's a barely an option. 96% is almost guaranteed you're going to be abused. Yeah. So, that, and that's for foster care and 38 for adoption, but there's 400,000 kids in foster care. And I think I read the stats, only 50,000 were like adopted in the last year. So it's like heartbreaking. That's, that's what's 50,000. That's a half of a hundred. So 400,000, 50, that's the, the percentage is just and like 33% of them are going to get abused. Are gonna be abused. So they've probably already been abused by their foster parent. They probably have been abused by their birth parent for the ones that are right now in foster care. Cause those were all the choice kids or the kids or the, you know, mothers who didn't have access to an abortion in a yes. conservative state because they only have one clinic. But mm -hmm. these kids are being abused probably three times. I was so like, I'm sure they will be too. So I just, it, Makes me so mad. Yes, yes. And that was the adoption rhetoric I don't want to hear. I'm not saying some adoptive families aren't incredible. Yeah, of I course. I would like to adopt course. someday. But women are not your breeding grounds. This is just insane. Yes. I don't... I. That's one thing I really do say there. And I've heard... I got a lot of friends from a lot of different ideologies. And I've heard it all. Mm -hmm. I've heard it all. Oh. Yeah, what do you hear? Because I'm in it. So I think people keep their opinions on like adoption maybe away from me. But like, what do these savior complexes think? Like, um, I've heard um, that um, that a con conception happened or um, the human life starts at conception. Mm -hmm. So then um, in that every gift is a child from God. I mean, every child is a gift from God. <laughs> what if every gift Just God a gave was a child? <laughs> <laughs> With every gift that you get a child. Oh, yes. Merry Christmas. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and, that and then do like on adoption, are they like, when they talk about that being an option, they don't do they talk just, about any of that. Do they? Okay. They just say like, or they say like, yeah, it's messed up. But uh, what's even more messed up is killing a baby. So they brush over it. You're totally right. Brush because I it. see this on the news too. They're like, oh, well, Democrats are okay with you killing Burning a baby babies. up to 36 weeks. And you're like, when, when does that ever happen? Literally never. Yes. And, and it's like, they're and there is um, crazy. A, and they um, sell, which this actually is true. They sell the, um, the fetuses that come out to stem cell companies yes. as well as they, they, you know, sell other, um, stuff. And they, um, so they say that there's a, um, like a, uh, financial gain that people get from it. Um, Planned which is Parenthood also life-saving for children who do, who were wanted and who will have an amazing life. Oh, but these are all just like yes, the yes, talking yes, points. Yes, you're right. Totally. And so there's just all there's, um, but there is, I heard all of it. I will always still believe I don't, I don't get the logic of why people are so attached to like, uh, like being like, if you were pregnant right now and you were, you wanted to get, I'm, I still think it's inside of you. It's you my are body. Holding. It's, it's your body. Yeah, it's my choice. And, and it's, it's and like it, barely a clump of cells. And even 
<sighs> I know it's hard. It's hard. <sighs> so that's that's a side I hear. And even if you started getting a little bigger, I still think that it's your body. I think there is a. I mean, yeah, the the, the child is barely recognizable. I mean, I went to my twenty week appointment with my son. And I think that was the first time he even looked like a child, number one. By 20 weeks, like, all abortions have happened from just, like, I don't want this baby. Or yes. I, it was accidental. Or, you know, I didn't have the time to get the abortion right away, so I got it a few weeks later or whatnot. Anything, most anything happening after that point is typically for medical reasons. And they are wanted pregnancies that, for some heartbreaking reason, don't work out. So it just, yeah, it really frustrates me because... These are not like, these aren't babies. And, and especially at first, they're literally, it's just like a fertilized egg. Like I was going, like most people were going to have a period and that egg would go down the toilet. Not to be the, like crass, but like, yeah. that's, that's well, not a baby. And I don't think it's, I, I will never think it's out of malice. Like no one's like, you know, and, but, and, I've, and I, if they are, I would rather those, that 5% who like are like, this is my birth control, bitch. Fine. Take it because I want everyone else to have the right. So if that's your reason, and, that's good enough for me. And you want them having a kid anyways? If they you don't they, want you, them having absolutely not, and they don't want to have a kid either, and they're honest about it. So that's what I'm saying. So yes. it's like it just seems like it seems so obvious. I just can't imagine like if we already have 400,000 kids in foster care, and just to educate people too, um, the the goal of the state right, wrong, or indifferent, is to reunite those foster kids with their biological parents. When I was reunited, my birth mom ran around a house with a knife trying to kill my birth dad again in front of me. Like, this shit is crazy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, the reason I couldn't be adopted until I was six is because she wouldn't write on a piece of paper that she relinquished her rights. Like, these 400,000 kids were, to some extent, wanted. My birth mom wouldn't relinquish rights. So imagine now we force all of these births we're going to have like a million kids in foster care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so outrageous to me. Um, but yeah, it has to be a choice. And that's what we started with. It has yes. to be a choice from pregnancy. It has to be a choice every day. They have to choose not to take drugs, choose not to be violent, choose to feed their children. And that's a bare minimum. Like this is the a, bare yeah, yeah. motherfucking minimum. Um, and it's funny because like the people adopting have to prove the utmost. I mean, locks on every cabinet. They have to anchor shit to the wall. Shit I would Whoa. never think to do. Ezra throws my stuff in the toilet every day. What do I do about it? Nothing. But if a foster parent or adopted parent didn't have a lock on that toilet, that would be a mark against them in adopting a child. Whoa. So it's just, it's so, people are so fucking delusional when it go, comes to this, like, adoption, whatever stuff. Mm -hmm. So... This part was long-winded, and we do want to talk just about, like, our childhood and how it's affected our points on parenting. Yes. But I couldn't not have the experience I do as a foster child, let alone a mother, um, and not use this platform to, to kind of educate you guys and other people. Like, tell people to listen to this. If you yes. have friends and family, tell them to skip through that fucking intro. They don't need to hear about me doing acid. That <laughs> might delegitimize this. Um, but... This is a resource. I want yes. you to use this as a resource I, I, to educate others if you can't find the words. And I, I really wanted to talk because the adoption thing, y'all, it is such a talking point. It's and sick. I don't like that. I don't like it's that. It's sickening. Yeah. So let's focus now more on because we do want to talk about like parenting what we, and, and what we a, love it. Well, the next like, point here is what we love to see in parents. Yes, absolutely. Let's get into that because that was more a we'll take advantage of this topic and really yes. throw that home. But we also really want to talk about like our childhood and our parents and yes. other amazing parents. And if you are someone who wants to be a parent or are a parent, um, 
tools that we're using to be the best parents we can be now and for Alex in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, So things I love in other parents. I love the joy. When I see parents with a lot of joy and they find their children to be absolutely charming and fabulous and the smartest kids in the room, I love it. I love the delusion. (laughs) And uh, you should feel that way. Yes, That's what I want to see. I don't want to see this, oh my God, I'm so annoyed and overwhelmed and be quiet and you're annoying me. Seeing that sheer joy of the worst kid in the grocery store and their parents like, oh honey, hee hee. I'm like, oh, you dumb bitch. I love it. (laughs) I mean, you really, you really love your kid. Yes, for sure. I don't. I don't like your kid. Yes. But, so I love to see that sheer joy. Yes. I like seeing yeah parents doing, letting their kids be themselves. As weird as it, they might come <laughs> off. So if weird. Like, some kids are strange. I was a strange <laughs> was kid. Strange, yes. Strange. Strange. And uh, when the parents are like, oh my God, yes. And like support them in it even. Like I think it's actually really good. And um there is like kind of a movement. There has been a movement of like child being, chi- uh, what is it? Child free. Yeah. And I so do your thing, yo. I think it's, I think it's great that you get to have the choice of not having children. Being child free is an incredible choice for a lot of people. And, and maybe our parents' generations and maybe people listening had parents who maybe should have been child free. So seriously though, <laughs> yeah, I know it's a funny you know, kind of it is, it's fucked up, but it's like, there are a lot of but, people who like don't want kids. So don't have them. Yes. And sometimes they feel like culturally they have to or whatever, but I think, um, in this world, when you've done a lot of work on yourself and you've broken a lot of the chains from generations of the way thought patterns and behaviors and all that, if you have done that kind of work, the best thing you can do in this world is to have a child. Yes, if you want one. If you want one. If you want Right, one. there's a lot of people with broken generational chains and the end result is, well, I'm certainly not having a child, but I'll be a kick-ass aunt, uncle, friend, yes. mentor. But if you want one and you've done that work, do not feel guilty, I guess. Because people yeah. try to make you, they're like, why would you have kids in this kind of world? Well, because like, my fucking bloodline might be the only thing to save this fucking world. Yes. Like, I Jesus think it's Christ. Important. I think it's important that people are, if you're just, I mean, and look, have a kid what, either way. And I'm not a here a judge a character, but like. We can't uh, get forced hysterectomies. Like, but we can't. But, oh, hysterectomies. That's when they take your uterus out, right? Listen, I've seen some mean parents. I wish. I wish people like my birth mom couldn't have kids. I understand that's eugenics. I'm not. Yes, yes, I don't yes. want forced vasectomies. I don't actually want forced hysterectomies, but it does anger me that so many parents who want a baby but really will never make that daily choice of being a parent, it yes. pisses me off that they can have kids. I, it really does. It, it, I it think does. it's crazy that you have to sign a, 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 go through all these hoops and financial things to have a home. Like if then, you're going to, oh, like, oh yeah, then, like buying a house. To buy a house. How how many j- hoops did you have to jump to get this place? I know, I know. And so many. to have a baby, you just lay down in bed one night with some stranger and it's way too fucking easy. And you're like, yeah. And you can keep pumping them And it always seems to be the easiest for the parents who like are going to not be good parents and their kids are going to end up in foster care. They seem to be the most fertile for some they reason. They do seem to be the most fertile. My birth, <laughs> I think I have nine half siblings. at least and that's just what we know of yeah it's crazy so like again obviously the right to your own body is more important to me than anything but i'm not going to sit here and be like every mom is amazing and i don't mom shame i shame the shit out of moms i don't fuck you guys fuck the bad moms i 
Same, and I hate, I, I really don't like to mom shame, but when I look at it is human to human. Like, how yes. are you treating this other human being? If you would never treat like a stranger on the street that way, the fact that you're talking to your own children that way, what you hear sometimes. Unacceptable. No, so what Alex is saying, like if you want to have a kid and you have done this work, please God, have that kid. Like seriously, yes. do it because the world mm-hmm. needs more incredible parents and incredible people so we can band together and, and reinvent the idea of having children. I'm not like some a archaic mother, Yeah, but I did have a child and I'm fucking happy I did. And no one can tell me that that was a bad choice. Totally. And you've done a lot of work in this life and to does, you know, break a lot I'm of doing, chains. I'm doing work as of today. Yes. And I'm it's, in a it's bad a, mood today, you know? Yes, totally. So I think, but I, I really do want, you know, and I think I want it's really people important. like you to be a parent. That's the thing. Like, yes. I want it, it. Yes. And that's another thing in this conversation. Like there are so many like gay people or non-binary people who want to be parents and there are the same people holding the signs that they'll adopt your babies are like actively fighting against gay people being Getting, able to adopt babies. Doing, and oh, like, yeah, that's a good point. It's so crazy to me. I think, and it is, you know, and I do want, like I said earlier, I want a biological kid, uh-huh. at least one. There is the ethics of like, there's so many kids to adopt and I'm going like all this, taking all these extra steps but to get a biological kid. But a lot of those kids kid. in foster care are not actually eligible for adoption. And so people oh, say that's this. That's true. That's so a like, good point You could be a foster parent if you actually wanted to help make a dent in the 400,000. Being a foster parent is the best thing that people could do if that's where they wanted to focus. To basically to get a newborn, mm-hmm. if you were going to adopt a newborn, you have to make an arrangement with the biological mother while she's pregnant. And like, Whoa. you get handed that baby. Yeah. This is not something that like, oh, it's born. And oh, by the way, we decided to take it away. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Use your brain, I you know? Think, I didn't even think of that. Like that, that the crazy? people that are like, we'll adopt. Like the people that are, they're like really against gays getting. There are getting... people putting advertisements out and they're against, yes. Yeah, so they're against like gay people Whoa. adopting, having their own kids. And, you know, have you heard, I'm just curious, since you do want a surrogate, like yeah. for parenting, People who are like, oh, like, how could you pay an impoverished woman, like, taking advantage of her to be, like, a, mm-hmm. a baby, like, carrier? Well, baby carrier, yeah. Not mother, Have yeah. you, has anyone said that to you? I see that rhetoric on, like, Twitter where all I the rhetoric seen, is. I've, I've seen a couple of, I've, I've thought of it. I've okay. thought of, like, okay, ethically, like, it, you're just giving, but... Yes. And it's, it's hard. It's, that's why I like still struggle with it because there's a lot of moms that, but on the other hand, I've had plenty of women be like, I'll carry your kid. Oh, you're ready. What, so that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I have friends who've had babies. So at least a requirement in California that I've heard, because one of my friends really wants to be a surrogate. She doesn't want her own kids. And oh. she's like, I really want to be a surrogate. You have to have already had your own child to like, sh- just, I guess, so that they're worried about the bond being there. And she's like, there's no oh. bond. I don't want a fucking kid, but I really want to be pregnant. I want to oh. go through it. And she cannot, unless it's a family member or a friend who you like sign a contract with. But I do feel like in other States, perhaps like in more impoverished areas, mothers maybe get pressured into being surrogates, but mm. that's like an interesting rhetoric. Cause from my experience, every surrogate I've heard of has actively wanted to be a surrogate. Same. Yeah, yeah. I don't think 
you're, that is the case where I'm like, let them give birth. Like, why are they so concerned for with stopping sure. them giving birth for like a gay couple, but forcing this like 18 year old girl who wants to get an abortion to carry a baby? It's, it's like, all about regulating people. Let us have people. our rights. Like, yes. anyone can be a surrogate <laughs> if they want to be a fucking surrogate, and anyone yes. can adopt or kill a baby if they want to kill a baby. I'm just gonna uh, say it like that. That's oh what we want to call oh it. Kill god. a baby. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so mad. Um, she's she's mad. I, I mean, think everyone is though. I feel yeah, like yeah, everyone listening so. to this is like, yes. I, um, I did meet a girl that was a surrogate for sure was traumatized. She, she I was. think she was doing, yeah, oh, she was doing a favor heart. for friends. Okay. And then she, and but I kept asking her because she was open about talking about the surrogacy part, but I was like, did you get attached? Like, how did you feel when they took the baby? She was like, it, it, it wasn't my baby. It wasn't my, and her face started getting red Aww. and I stopped talking about it. And then she's like, like started crying and then left. And then she's like, sorry. And then she's like, just don't talk about it anymore. And I was like, as with all things, I think that there needs to be like a level of counseling, oh, of a course. level of investigating and whatnot before the final like papers are signed. And we're how, human. Uh, we're human. And sometimes humans do not react to situations, no matter how much we prepare for yeah, it. Exactly. And so, I still don't know if it's wrong, though, if my friend were to be a surrogate and then be sad about it and give the baby away, you know, like that could happen. That's life. We make decisions all the time that that we don't agree with. But that was a transaction. It was a transaction. And And so I have empathy. But she also is from what I've known of her. She was a major people pleaser kind of girl. So she it's just like it's just that one experience is not the reason other people shouldn't be able to do it. Totally. But but I feel for her. And I like I think that's the thing with all of this. I want to balance everything with empathy. Yes. Like I feel I feel for that person doesn't mean that I want other people to not Not be able able to to use their body in the way they want to and make a fucking buck off of it. I would love if someone gave me $80,000 for Ezra because I deserve it. I deserve it. I would love the government to compensate me for breeding because it was hard. Nine months is a long time. It's a long time. It's it's like 20 years. Yes. And it's work. And it's so, yeah, so it's, um, it's, I, I, but I do want, I know for a fact in this lifetime, I'm a dad. I love it. You'll be an amazing dad because you're going to choose it. You're going to love it. You're going to embrace it. It's going to be hard some days, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like you will choose to be a parent every single day. And that is a gift. Yeah, Not yeah, everyone yeah, yeah, has yeah. the gift of being a caretaker. They For just sure, yeah. don't. Mm-hmm. And I wish more people would also be okay with not being a parent, you mm-hmm. know, on their own accord. But this, this ruling of Roe v. Wade sure isn't going to help that. Yeah, 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 there's yeah. going to be all these intelligent people who are like, oh, I shouldn't be a parent. I'm going to get an abortion. And they're going to be like, halt, you can't. It's like there's already enough people who shouldn't be parents. Yeah, like, really? that's a good point. I mean, it's a good point. I think I, yes, I think it's, Um, I, I don't, I just don't, at the end of the day, there's so many different arguments and everything, but at just the core of it, I just don't think I should be able to have a say on what you're doing. Like, I don't, in, in that case, that's my main thing. You can talk about how many months and like, oh, not even that many months people do it. And then like, no one ever does that at the seven or eight month period. But I'm like, we even if you did yes yes, exactly i just don't i just don't even think that that's an option of even going there it's fucked up it's it can seem unethical or whatever just let people do their thing it just does tragic things happen all the time 100 percent. it just it does suck that that argument is used like you know people abort at 38 weeks it's like it's never happened number one and then but then if you dispute that you're like well then i'm not being fully pro-abortion but it's like i do want to dispute it because it's not happening but then you kind of have to just strong arm it and be like yes i'm fine with that yeah whatever the fuck it takes I to know. like and then it sounds like you're like point. oh you want to start killing through seven exactly. months old. Yeah, so it's, it's like- really frustrating to be 
you know, debating with idiots because it's like, no, at that point, the, you know, the cords wrapped around the neck or something's happened. Yes. Also, and we don't need to talk about this as much today, but like, there's the medical side. The people will die of sepsis because they can't get a miscarriage fully removed and all that. But we're going to talk about the parenting side as yes. in the choice, like the desire to be a parent. Um, but for every single fucking reason, I approve abortion. Yeah. Totally. So talk to me about your childhood. Talk to me about your parents' parenting style and like what they did. Um, they, An incredible job at it. Yes. They, um, so they came from like just my mom worked like in a farm when she was a kid, mm-hmm, and, like so a tobacco farm. And then my dad was just like in, um, just, he would just do manual labor jobs ever since he was younger. He stopped high school when he was like a junior. Mm-hmm. So they just had a very, um, and then, so in Brazil, then they moved here and I forget how many years my mom was here, but she had us young ish. She was like 22 and she had oh, yeah, my brother. Yeah. So like young ish. Are you the oldest? My, I'm the Your youngest. Your brother's older, older than you by yeah. how many years? One and three months. One wow. year and three months. Oh, yeah. Irish twins. Yeah. Okay. Or Irish twins is less than a year. I thought. Oh, is it? Is that nine months? I yeah. still think two under two is like, it's she, all the same to me. Yes. That's and like, crazy to going me. Going back to the choice thing, like my mom at first was like, oh my God, another kid? What the hell? My, she were started you, freaking out. Yeah. You were not planned, but yeah, your brother so, was. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The second one. And then she like started <laughs> like, what freaking out. what a crazy out. shock. She's, yeah. Like imagine Esma's, Ezra's three months old and then you're pregnant again. I would have not even been able to begin to do. I probably would have gotten an abortion. That's the honest <laughs> truth. I mean, I would right now. Yeah. Yeah, my it's husband's like, probably going to get a vasectomy soon, and I have an IUD. Like, we are... You're not. Hell yeah, no. no. But your mom wanted a family, so, She's, like... Well, and then she just freaked out a bit, and then they came to the conclusion, like, oh, it's it's just going to happen. Absolutely. They didn't even have a choice. You know what I mean? Right. They, it, in their mind, it, it wasn't even a choice, just com- from where they grew up. And I'm sure, I mean, your mom loves being a mom. So oh, even though sure. it was probably shocking, she's the kind of parent who would hear it and be Yes. And then a- so afterwards, she was just yeah, happy about it. But, um, yeah, but they just, we were in survival mode for most of it. And it, this is not something that would offend. We talked about all of this. Mm-hmm. I've gone through all the forgiveness stages of it. And I've had many open dialogues with them about it. Um, but yeah, we were in survival mode for most of it. So like some people talk about um, like they uh, repress memories because of trauma. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I was never like sold into slavery or anything, but we were in such survival mode all I the hope time. You <laughs> well, I all the time that yeah. I don't remember a lot of my childhood. Yeah, no, I get that. And um so there wasn't many like core memories. There was, but not that many. You know, I remember like elementary some elementary school moments and all that. And um but they were I mean they just they were all every Every when we would go out to eat, they were always just even if we had to wait an hour, they were always just really grateful to be sitting there in America drinking coffee at the Aww. table. You know what I mean? Like they were just everything. We're very grateful for everything all the time. Um, Do you think that's impacted your outlook on life? For sure. And then going out in public, like for me, I'm always smiling at people and me waving. Too. My mom does that with everyone. I say hi to like strangers. Yes. yes. Hi. And just like unconditionally just giving them a, a true Hello. My mom had a very similar personality. She yes. was just happy to be there. Yes. Like before she was sick, especially. She was just so grateful to be alive. Yes. Yeah. And like, t- you know, w- we were just always like that. And um, so like, s- like socially, we're very, my my dad, same thing. They would never complain when we would go it's out to eat. Maybe like in the table, he'd be like, oh, these eggs are dry or something. But he would never be like, what is this? We never uh, returned shit. The worst I mean, kind of people. Yes. yes. And like, I remember one time I even found a paper clip in my food at Friday's. <laughs> 
and my That's mom hilarious. was just like, and my mom was like, oh, um, I, we were like kind of debating whether or not we should even say something. Whether you should even tell them. Yes. No, that's how my parents were. That's so they, funny. And then they, they, um, Ended up giving us coupons or something. So just like socially, we're really. I've told just people like, just so you know, there was a very long hair, but I'm fine. And I'll just even keep it. eating it. Cause I'm <laughs> I'll eat around it. You know me. I don't give a fuck. But like just for the future, like just, just so you know. a hairnet, but like I'm good. No, but I feel like, like, yes. I'm always justifying because my parents were too. Like it would be humiliating to even. I guess it's like, it's not the server's fault. Totally. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally. love that. And super hard workers. They always just taught us to be very Always good working, right? Working and just be like, yeah, being there. And then, Were you in like daycare, anything like that? Yes. So was I, like yeah. always the after school programs. Yes. Both my parents worked full time. Uh, totally. Yeah. And then, they, so, and they would be working and um, yeah, just, they just always expressed gratitude. I think that's really are, interesting. It yeah. does. You have, yeah. you do kind of turn into your parents. For sure. That's I why I wanted, that's the ultimate goal I always goal say of blessed this. and grateful. Even if I'm not feeling it, I just say blessed and grateful because I'm blessed and I'm grateful. I mean, yeah. there's no, there's And you're a really hard worker. You're always working. Always working. And sometimes um, I think that's the, those are some of those things we need to break though, where it's like, okay, Alex, you don't have to actually work. Always be working for the rest of your life. Like for let's sure. get through this let's and then harder. find a plan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's start like, yeah, doing, yeah. But think it's always better. And we should actually, I'd like, I want to talk about what my parents did as well. That was awesome. But I'd like to go back to the whole, you know, being able to reel someone in and like, you are someone who works so hard because your parents did to the point where it's like, okay, you need to take a break. Yes. I do. That reminded me of, I want to talk about like dimming your child's shine, like, like yes. the reeling them in. Yes, so let's totally. pick that up after I talk about my totally. darling parents but, too. But um, just finishing it off. Yeah. They, um, yeah, they were just really, um, and just like instilled specific, really good, like always be good to people. Don't like they never. I never saw my mom yell at anyone in public. They always like really taught did us to be very respectful. Um, even when we did stuff wrong, yeah, oh, but yeah. not like they would never. There would never be like straight up fights and shit in front no, of us my or mom any was of those, a like, yeller though. Yeah. she was a yeller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, so never any crazy outward fights or anything. But um, it, only amongst me because of me, and my brother fighting or my, and me, and my brother fighting my cousin or something. They were just were um, yeah, and and loving. They were really um about loving God and being very appreciative of God. It, that comes from religion. The gratitude stuff is just like every day is a blessing. Every day is a blessing. The poverty stuff definitely came from the darker side of religion yeah. but of just like working and not really looking, having a bigger picture for what all your work is going right, into. Right. But um, for sure, um, being appreciative that you're even here on earth. I, what I took from the God loving God thing is like, we are here such a short amount of time. Right. So we, gotta give it our all and be here and when we're with people to show as much you know like lovingness and Love accepting and gratitude us. Yes, for yes. those relationships while yes, they're here yes no i love all that and it's all the stuff you mentioned and i know you didn't grow up like with money anyway so it's yeah. not like that's something we would have to remember yeah um at all yeah but the things you did mention are such big, powerful, like life core beliefs, like totally. loving and being present and being appreciative and grateful and hardworking. Like those are the attributes of your childhood that are so important. And I know we're going to talk about things in a bit as well, that like things we'd like to do better mm -hmm. and things that we'd like to do differently, maybe not even better, just differently. Yeah. Um, but those things that resonate and are resounding through our whole lives totally. are those like core 
values. For sure. And it's so incredible that you even had parents who had those values because we know a lot of people listening, their parents didn't. Yeah. And it's okay to admit that some people's parents should never have been parents and also just maybe weren't good people. It's totally. just the reality. Yeah. And they're like so, they're so incredibly, they're so fixed in their ways, but incredibly kind in the sense like even when I came out to them, mm-hmm. super Christian, grew up in church. Like they didn't, they don't know. My mom is more um, like has expanded her spirituality a bit. My dad doesn't know anything outside of church. Right. So, but so when I came out to them, he was just like, okay, this is a journey starting now that I have to start opening myself up. That's to. very special. He wasn't like, how dare you? Don't you think this? Don't you think he just, we would just have open dialogues. He's like, didn't you have a girlfriend? What do you mean? You do you just, think like, if, you know? And I'm just, this is just, yeah. you know, kind of wondering and you might not have an answer, but you were 26. Wow. My knee just cracked. I am a mother. <laughs> um, if you were 16, how do you think their response would have been? And, did, think, and you knew at 16, we've talked about this. Yes. You knew from the day you came out. I think um, <laughs> they um, would have, honestly, I think they wouldn't have taken it well because I was under their roof. Okay. So they were just like, they had a little. It, do you think that 10 years of like, they wouldn't have it being me in the 20, you know, do you think that their beliefs had changed due to like, just like society being more open to being gay. Do you think that 10 years did anything in the fact that like it was only four years ago, we're in a pretty recent time. Like, have you watched their beliefs, I guess on society change? Have they always been really open to evolving? I guess is what I'm getting at. I think, I think so. My dad says all the time, he's like, things are different nowadays. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He says, he says that. And then also, I think also seeing them, seeing me leave the house at such a young age for them, like 19 is pretty young. It is. And um, just do live and being able to live and put food on my own plate and be able to make it out, out there. They were like, oh, okay, well, he has some sort of sense of self. Like, It's he knows, funny. Yeah. That is so important to parents. I think like they have more respect for their children when they can prove that they like can make it for themselves. I think that's more of an impoverished. Yes. Like kind of like we are in respect when we pay our own bills. Totally. I don't know that like some of my more wealthy friends, parents feel the same. I think that even when they pay their own bills, their parents don't necessarily respect it because it's like, well, we could have supported you anyway. And so I still don't support your beliefs. And now you're getting no money from me, but like whatever. I think when we can just prove to our parents who like had less, they're so proud of us. Totally. And my, my parents were like, just for like having a job, <laughs> like for having you've a job done and, it. Yes. Yeah. And, and paying your own bills and be able to have a car and all this stuff. They were just like, if I bet if I was at home and just like being a fucking parasite and not paying any bills and just like, but I'm like, I'm gay. And they'd be like, you're immature as hell. I bet you don't even know who you are. That's how Which they would isn't rationalize great. it. You know, like well, that's how they still would rationalize not- it. And I think as parents now, and as we go into like this next generation of children, um, you know, we need to listen to them. Kids don't have to earn respect. You know what I mean? And I think that's something we're seeing now, like that we just need to listen to our kids. I have, you know, a cousin and a friend and, and multiple people in my life whose children are like 10, 11, 12, 13, who are non binary, who are changing their names, and their parents are like, okay. Oh, alrighty, righty I mean, I t- I've told you this before. I come from a very incredible community. Like yeah, yeah, I never yeah. grew up with much prejudice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we are really going in the right direction, at least in the circles that I run in, yeah. in a way that even their parents who produce such open-minded people would have been a lot more confused, totally. you know? So I do see this wonderful change 
Um, and I think it's, but I just love the evolution of your parents that oh, yeah, they were sure. able to evolve and you told them when you were ready and yeah, yeah, I love it. I felt like I wasn't ready, but it was a hot mess go. That's a whole video, but, um, yeah. No, I like it yeah, though. I think good. it's good. And the things that and are, I'm grateful and I will get into the forgiveness aspect of it. Yeah. I looking in hindsight, I get it. I like see everything. Um, I see how they are now as adults connecting as adults and I can look back and be like, got it. Seeing your parents as people for the first time is like a, um, earth shattering revelation. Oh my God. I think, I mean, I was younger when I realized it. I think I was in my teens and that's just due to the circumstances. But I was talking to my best friend, Zaley, I mentioned before who was breathing from her face when I was on mushrooms. Um, Mm -hmm. we had this talk, I think she was still going to this college she went to for like one year. So we were 18 or 19. She was 18. I was 19. And we we're talking about how our parents are real people, like how they have lives outside of us, how they have relationships that their whole life is actually not about us and not yeah. centered around us. And I think that is something that helped me extend forgiveness and empathy. And now that I'm a mother, I have such a huge life outside of Ezra. I have people tell me, I didn't know you were a mom even because that is how intense the other things in my life Mm -hmm. are and how important they are. And so I think that seeing your parents as people and not parents is the first step to forgiveness and understanding. Um, so if anyone is listening to this and still like, you really think of your parents as like, you know, my mom and my dad and yeah, just, they are people and they've had a life too. And if you haven't had the opportunity to talk to them about their life as a person, you really should. My yeah. cat just jumped through a window. Hi, Saki girl. <laughs> um, yeah. And like how irrational babies and children are. If you don't evolve from that, you literally look like that as an adult when you're complaining about your I parents. I know parents, kids who definitely, and I call them kids. They're not kids. They're like my age. Yeah. Who still talk about their parents in a way that I'm like, Wow. Yeah. You are privileged. I get like, you are you I, are stuck. I argue with the family member where they're like talking about their parents and I'm like, "Bro, you're over you 30 years go. old." Or are not this letting is, go, but make a choice. You so have that that's you're not exactly. you're not stuck 20 years ago. You're, you're resentful and that's it. Don't keep dwelling on Either it. Either make a path to forgiveness or cut them off. And that's okay too. We want to validate people. Some people don't have parents that deserve a relationship. They just don't. That's, that's okay. That's true. That's go. true. That's a good Leave point. Leave your family, have a chosen family. But at a certain point, I am someone who believes make a choice. Now, it doesn't mean never talk to them again. It can mean that. But it you could sure call can. them on Christmas and your birthday if you're like, I don't want to be so black and white. But there are parents who've never earned a relationship, but see them as people. And maybe when you see them as people, it'll be easier to cut them off because you're like, I would never accept a person in my life like this. It goes both ways. It could either be like, I'm going to have a better relationship and I forgive them because I see as a person, they're wonderful. That's how I feel about my mom. There are also people like how I feel about my birth dad who I reconnected with briefly. Um, he's not a good person. So I made the choice to cut him completely off. I'll never speak to him again. And I am better for it. Yes. But you accepted how he was. I saw him as a person. I was like, wow, you're a bad person. Not a bad parent. He didn't raise me. Yeah. I was adopted. And I still was like, God, I would never have you as a person in my life. And so I'm not going to look at you as a parent. You've done nothing to earn that role. Yeah. 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 At all. Yeah. Goodbye. Whoa. Yeah. That's powerful. Well, let me think of, let me think of some things that my parents excelled into. Yeah, please. Because I don't want to repeat too many of yours, but I think my mom saying she really excelled at because again, and we'll get into the forgiveness aspect and kind of talk about what we needed to forgive. Um, my mom was so enigmatic. She was so giving 
She was inc- an incredible hostess. She's the reason I love parties. My mom oh. never drank at all. She hated the taste of alcohol and yet was still the life of the party. Made charcuterie boards before charcuterie boards, boards had a name. Oh, she was an Italian. Nice. She was a home chef. She was just the most generous person. She was a social worker. That's how... She came to adopt me. She was my caseworker for CPS. She, I read the letters that her clients would send her and that her coworkers would send her. I mean, she changed so many people's lives. She was not a good mom to me for yeah. a very long time, but she was a good person. And I just am so, like, I'm a wedding planner. My whole life is throwing parties. I am a professional hostess. Like, I am exactly who my mother wanted to be and didn't get the opportunity to. And I think my mom was just as smart as me. I think both my parents were incredibly intelligent. Um, They were both incredibly abused as children physically. Um, I was abused a little bit physically, but more verbally, definitely for me. And they had such a hard start of things in a time where there wasn't a lot of support for that. Mm -hmm. And so just to see her give her life back to children who needed a better life um, was amazing. And I think that's what she did in her lifetime was save a lot of lives, including mine. Because when she did adopt me, she was not sick with cancer. She was not addicted to medication. I do think she had either borderline personality or bipolar. I don't know which, but it was confirmed by her therapist after she died. She suffered from multiple personality disorders. Um, and we didn't go too much into it. I would love to like talk now, but she was the most giving person in the world. And she, at six years old, when she was six, she had a bone marrow transplant. Like she was supposed to die at six. She had pneumonia multiple times in her life, like almost every other year because she was so sick. She had asthma. She had rheumatoid arthritis. She ended up getting bone cancer, stage four breast cancer, lived for seven years with stage four cancer. It's unheard of. And she did it all because of her love of me and other people. And that's how she stayed alive. And resilient as fuck. She was so resilient and she was sick from the day she was born. I mean, she never, never had a chance and she still gave everything in this life. And just to see other people who had so much more do so little, I'm so grateful. And like, when I talk about my mom loving me more than anything, I I mean it like I was her whole world. You got that resiliency. You were resilient I had to, as fuck, thanks bitch. to her too. But no, I mean, that was what she did well. And then my dad was so loyal and committed. And you could call my dad from here and say you were stuck in San Diego. He'd find a way to be here. He'd either get oh, on yeah. a plane and, and start your car or he'd drive here and see you 27 hours later. Like there's nothing that man won't do and there's no one he won't do it for. He's taken in friends of mine from childhood who like went down a wrong path I've said, I don't know where you can go. They've reached out to me to help. And I've said, you can live with my dad. And he took him in. My biological father's younger brother, who's only two weeks older than me, so huge age difference there, got a girl pregnant who was addicted to meth. She lived with my dad. This was like six years ago. This is the man he is. It's the man he's always been. I've never met a more generous person in my life. And he's never had a lot of money. Neither of them did, but like just such good people. (laughs) And it's just like, I want to be that, but I want the money. And we talk about how much I care about money (laughs) and we know I do, but I want to give it away. I don't want to just like sit in a giant house. I could have a million dollars and keep this house. And like, I would start a foundation. Like I just, I want to do something. I don't have the capacity to be a foster parent. I've been through it. It's not for me. I can't do it. But like, Watching the most amazing selfless parents. My mom didn't buy new shoes for herself for like five years at a time. Like they didn't have that and they weren't perfect, especially my mother. Rest in peace. Um, What was her name? Carol. Carol. Ugly name. She knew it too. She went by Coco. (laughs) She went by Coco. She thought it was so ugly. She was like, what the hell, mom? But she was 
the most beautiful soul, the Mm -hmm. most tortured soul. Um, but she was just fabulous. And I've always been so fabulous because I've never been scared to be myself. We, and I let's transition into like people who hold their kids back. Cause as a parent now, and as a kid who was weird, mm-hmm. my mom was so supportive, especially again, before she got sick. But even when she did get sick, she never lost her love. She just got angry and violent and loud, but yes. she never lost her love. Um, and I could put on seven dresses and dance around at the, the house time. at the same time and dance around the house and sing at the top of my lungs. And my mother would be like, you are beautiful. We should, we should go to Broadway. My mom, she made me a model. Like I was like, I want a model. She's like, let's get you an agent. We had no money. She spent every dime. And I got every audition I ever auditioned for when I modeled. Oh. I never didn't get a job. And you used I, to act too, yeah? Yeah. Oh. And they thought I was the most incredible actor. I realized halfway through, I'm not a very good actor at all. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I went to stage crew. My mom was like, you could build anything. Like it was like crazy. I was the yes. best. I was the prettiest. I was the smartest. And I just like, she let me be so fucking weird. I didn't have many friends. I yeah. was a weird kid yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. too much, but you know what? It's a lot easier for me. And I did self reign in versus having your parents be like, you're too much. Take off that dress. Look good. Present me well. You know, yeah, she never relax, did that. She didn't stop, care the quiet. fuck how I looked or yeah. how I presented. She didn't care if I was running around in public. She was so proud of me and my energy. And I just, I can't thank her enough because I'm not that free with myself now. Yeah. I am learning again to like be my whole self, but I, for a long time, I wanted friends. I wanted totally. people to like me. So I, I, I reined it in, but I thank her every day and my dad for just letting me be loud yes. and annoying. Um, Girl, you're both. I am. Just kidding. And I still oh am. God, no. But God, you should have met me before I realized I was, I mean, I, I was so annoying that no one liked me. And I will say, I have a lot of, there's a lot of questionable things about me, but people like me. I think yeah. that's actually, oh, for sure. it's like, that is like my gift is yeah. like letting people like me. I was so annoying. I feel would leave the room, you know? So, but like, my mom oh my would God. never leave the room. Yeah. My mom was like, well, shame on them. They just don't get you. And like that true, is the love a parent should have yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, if, and I, me, so, yeah. So will you explain, I want to hear from you about like watching people who do dim the light in their kids, especially well, someone who's not a parent yet. I think it makes you more angry. Cause you're like, if I were a parent, I wouldn't do that. You yes, know? totally. I, well, for me, I know I don't ever remember my parents dimming my light. I think I took what they were saying in like what stuff I learned in church and stuff and dimmed my own just from my environment. Which so, parents as, as a parent hearing that, like the feedback there is like, I have to protect who I let Ezra go around. Yes. Because I cannot let anyone else dim his life either. So socially peers, school will do that enough. So I need to make sure as fuck our exterior or our extracurricular activities like aren't church. Totally. Not to be. And I even remember like me and my brother being like super loud, super loud. And my mom, like she wouldn't, if, if we really had to be quiet, she would come over smiling and be like, stop guys, stop, please, please. Stop, stop. Like she would come but over she smiling. she didn't want to be like, she would be like yeah. stop, shut yes, up. You're you know embarrassing I mean? me. Yes. No. And my dad, I'm like, he didn't, he worked a lot. So he didn't really ever like tell me to stop this, stop that. He was really just like the anchor, financial anchor of the house. And, um, but I see, a lot of you see it you see because i know i can i'm finally letting light out as an adult yeah and you see when 
parents are like, stop, stop it. Stop that. Stop, stop. Be quiet. Be quiet. Stop it. You're not being funny. Yeah. You're being annoying. You're annoying or be quiet. Just a being quiet, the shutting down. you're right. Yeah. Teaching kids that they're being too much is very heartbreaking. You can see It's really heartbreaking for me as someone who wasn't shut down by my parents because I did go to school. I was, I was too much there. I think it's okay. There are some people who are too much. <laughs> me and, too. I mean, for me too. But Always. I, it was my decision to rein it in. I remember I was in fourth grade. I wasn't very liked. I had Zaylee. Thank you, Jesus. She was the only person who liked me. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, it was the beginning of fourth grade. And I was like, people don't really like me. I know I'm bossy. I've heard this. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny though? I just wish you could have known me because it's funny <sighs> to laugh at now. Cause when it comes out, it really comes out. Yes. It was constant. I mean, it was like, put the pen there, move the camera there. I want to sit in this light. And I, I, I am bossy in certain situations for sure, but yeah, it was but everything. Not, yeah. I wouldn't be like your bossy. I would say you're a delegator. Yeah. You're I'm a delegator. delegator yes. And sure. I tell people it's what, healthy, but my God. So I remember sitting there and I thought, and I actually talked to my therapist about it. I was like, I want to have friends by the fifth grade. Like I want to become the most popular girl by the fifth grade. And I did. And I listened and I learned and I, mimicked other cool girls like actions but I stayed kind I Mm. never turned into the bully but I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna watch these people and I am going to figure out my definition of being like a likable person totally but it took me about a year and by the end of the fifth grade I had a little boyfriend I was invited to every party teachers loved me it was a personal choice though and in high school, I got a little weird again. I got to like a bigger school, you know, I was like, oh shit, I have to relearn. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah. there's way cooler girls. Like I thought there were cool girls in my 22 class, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but that's something I did. And something I learned from a theater teacher who's still in my life was, you know, it's, it's easier to rein people in. You can always rein people in, but it is so much harder to push a shy person out. And so like on stage, do Ilya. too much. Seriously though. <laughs> and it, it's so true. It's so much harder to be like, Ilya, get on stage and perform than to tell us to shut the fuck up. It's like, okay, a lot oh. easier. Just shut your mouth. Yeah. Well, not that easy, mm. but, but I, I know what you mean, you know, yes, for sure. When I was younger, I was definitely same loud. I think mm-hmm. that's what we're talkative. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would so make talkative. People, and I, my thing from a young age and my dad would actually encourage it and think it was great is me being funny and especially funny with other girls he's like oh my he thought i was just gonna be a player when i was older surprise surprise Um, (laughs) (laughs) and he yes but i was even like even when i was like like in kindergarten he's like my dad my brother had a kindergarten graduation and there was like these three girls and i was sitting there like making jokes and making them laugh and he would just like he was very and he would never be like oh my god you're so good he would just be like Nice. I see so that. So you were a funny kid. Funny kid, outgoing, talked a lot. I was not funny. Can I, I don't know yeah. if my cousin even knows this. I had a really cool cousin, Michael, and he could work a room. Yeah. Like he would get in and just make everyone start laughing. And I remember I was like, God, I want to be like that. And I would like try to make a joke and it was like crickets. <laughs> now, years later, yeah. if I walk in to anywhere, I can work a room. I can have everyone cracking up within minutes. Not For to the sure. point of like stand up. I yeah. would love to though, low key. Uh, yeah. But I for years worked on timing, on reading the room, on knowing when was the time to like be self-deprecating and then also like pick at someone else. Yes, like it same. took I don't think I was actually really funny until like my early 20s and I actually have some 
good friends who were like, you've gotten really funny. Like, you're really funny, Chloe. I never realized how funny you were. And I was like, because I wasn't. Because yeah, I wasn't. I oh. wasn't fucking funny. It is a skill. Oh, for sure. What wasn't a skill is being a big personality. Yeah. And, but social skills, I think, have come easier to me. I was always able to, like, get along with adults. I wasn't able to always get along with peers, but even Same. at my worst, like when I didn't have friends in fourth grade, I had a teacher tell me, Chloe, I don't really think you're going to make your first real friend till college. She wasn't totally right. Cause I worked really hard to like speed that process up. Yes. But if I'd gone down that same path, she was totally right. Like, but I had that gift. I could talk with adults and resonate with them. So I was like, if I can do it with them, I can do it with this group. If yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah. be funny, I can be funny. But do you know how many lame fucking jokes I said to my mom and dad? And they were probably like, what a fucking nerd. But they laughed. They laughed, <laughs> oh, you know? Oh, that's good. Yeah, Because totally. they did and they supported me. And I think if you want to be a parent, you need to let your kid be a fucking nerd. And let them be, yeah. It's much better. They'll learn for themselves. The world is going to shut them down. Please don't be another voice that's telling them to stop talking. Oh, that's a great quote. Don't. Don't yeah. be. In my, and don't what's be funny that. is my parents genuinely laughed at my stuff. I think my mom did. I think my dad was a little bit skeptical, but yes. he was like, ha ha, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. In family <laughs> dinners, like, we just, I'm just like, yeah, we just, I love that like, you could work the room forever though. It's yeah. like a skill I've worked on. Yeah. This is like a learned thing for oh, me. I, it was I only love that in it came circles. To you, though. Yeah. It was always in my own circles. Cause high school was not easy. Middle school, not easy. Not easy for we you. had just like a close group of friends. Do you think other people knew you were gay? I don't think so. I didn't know you were gay. I'm 27. <laughs> No. Do you think that know. was part of what was hard or just like ethnicity? I maybe. I don't know. Poverty. I, like what what do you think made it harder for you? To come out? No, just like high school not high being school? the easiest time. Oh, like what was it? What differentiated you? Weird, it's, I was very um uh, like my inner dialogue has always been like a major lack of self-confidence okay. major like i will make my mind up before like i know something's i'm like oh i could easily do that that would i could and then after starting the process i start to um self-deprecate on everything i wonder though if that kind of tied in the adhd because you for want sure. to follow through with some things then you're like well i actually suck yeah totally yeah, for yeah. sure would Stop you tell your parents your dreams and goals and then would they like encourage you? Yes. Me too. My mom, <laughs> my mom, well, I would talk to my mom about it and she was like, that's amazing. Yeah, my dad so always, mine. my dad's like, he, in hindsight, he was dimming my light, but not in the way he wasn't like jealous or anything. He just, right. That is a big in, reason for he, it. I, but he, his main thing was being a financial anchor as the man. Okay. So you need to have something solid. Being an artist is not so a solid career. So he always career. pushed like the rational first. Plumber. Okay. Being uh, uh, something that like, or like you know, study a to blue be. Collar this, this, yes. Job. Yeah. Yeah. Contractor. Do something that brings a lot of money consistently. Do it. Oh, working on the, like anything. Scrap meddling. He just, just like was like. Just not the like intangible. Yes. Okay. Stuff that, like, yeah. So he, but it was never out of malice. He was just like, mm. my parents were definitely like, Oh, you want to be, well, cause I want to be a wedding planner. I'm just, there were different stints all in the same genre. Like I was like, I'd love to make dresses. They're like, you are the best dress designer. I wish I could find my sketchbooks. You guys. Was it good? Fucking scary. No. If anyone wore that, I mean, they'd be like kicked out of society. Hell yeah. I had the worst fashion. Oh, but my parents were so supportive. And I, so those are definitely the things that I just, those are what I hold with me. And those For sure, I have same. turned into my mom and now there's negatives. And I, I do want to talk about things that 
we want to do differently. Yes. Self-confidence. were a lot of things. Yeah. So what would you do differently with your children that your parents didn't do or just maybe didn't do or did do that or you wanted to do didn't have the opportunity to. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. To However finances, it is. Finances for sure. You want to be secure. I could, I could not. Um, yeah. I don't want to ever spoil anyone, mm-hmm. any kid ever. But, uh, and even when my parents had money, cause at some point for a short period of time, we did have money from a convenience store that took off. Oh, nice. Okay. And, but we would go to the store and like the game store and my dad never upgraded our game system. He's like, you're fine. And then we would buy like, we'd have like four like video super Nintendo things. And he was like, you can get one of those. You're going to only play one of those games. You already have five at home that you did not finish. We can get one game, but you're not going to get five games each. So this do you want to give your kids the five games? No. Okay, so what do you want to do differently? I want, well, I want to have the finances to be able to get the game upgrade. You know what I mean? To be able to have, like, to feel more stable. Because I never had, like, until... Like, you don't want the reason you're saying no because you can't. You want the reason you're saying no is because you don't want them to be, like, handed everything. Yes, exactly. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I want all the experiences that we could ever have. I want that for them. That's another one for me, since we went so long winded each on the other one, we'll kind of go back and forth because that one is definitely one for me as well. And like my mom, I'm not kidding when like she didn't go shopping for years because you know, I grew, I had to have a new wardrobe every year until I stopped growing at 11. But, um, she went years like not being able to afford it. She was a caseworker and similar to you. I want the opportunity to give it. I actually am not against spoiling a child because I think that's a word that maybe isn't accurate. Like I don't think necessarily having all the fun things in the world for your child is a bad thing. I think what you, if you give like that, they earn it or that they do chores or that they have to share it with others or when they're done with something, they gift it. I'm a really big gifter. That's like my love language. So like you could definitely be spoil in the worst, most impoverished way spoil your kids still. Yes. I would. Yeah. So I'm not against like giving material things to Ezra without, even, like earning it. But I just want to teach him like, what do you do with those things that you have? Um, yes. some things you're not going to have. It's not like you get everything, but I know for me as a mom, like already I bought way too much of certain things and I've sent, I, I went on this like rampage of buying these baby carriers obsessed with it. I was in the pandemic. I was you know, just lonely Spiraling. and I was buying and shopping and I have sent these carriers now to like other moms oh, and like just go. gifting them. Yeah. And I had too many. I spoiled myself, but I've made up for it in my yes, mind. You know, I love that. So the abundance. I, the abundance Showing is okay as long as you do. You're not wasteful. I'm yes. not wasteful. As yes. soon as I stopped using them and I have someone, I'm she, this amazing woman. Oh my gosh. I can't give any other information. Met her through a different podcast, Facebook group. Again, we're going to start one. Please join it. I'm going to put it on the stories, but, um, she is adopting two children that someone in her family is on her five and six kid. The 17 month old has been in foster care for 17 months and the other baby came out addicted to heroin. This fucking wonderful lady who can't have babies of her own is going to take in these two children next week. She's going to become a mother next week with her husband with a one week old addicted to heroin and a 17 month old that's been in foster care. It's a relative of hers. And I was like, oh my God, I've got so much because that is where this stuff needs to go. So it's like, yeah. if you have the resources, she was like, you don't need to send stuff. I know I what like it that. costs. And I'm like, oh girl, I'm doing fine. Like I'm not doing great, but I'm doing fine. I can ship you stuff. Like 
So yeah, I'm not yes. against spoiling. I think as long as you teach, right, yes. like, what do you, what are you gonna do with that when you're done with it? I think yes, be, showing a child and not abundance. being attached. Like I don't collect things. I don't hold on to things. So you're not if a hoarder, Ezra wants yeah. something now, amazing. But like, let's talk about what you're gonna do with it later. I'm not gonna like sell it necessarily. I'm gonna like gift it. I want someone I else like to that. experience that. I love so, that. Yes. Okay. What's another thing on your list of like, let's not do um or yeah, yeah was, let's not do let's do differently whatever I, any let's follow your curiosity Love anything that. that you have a curiosity for let's just keep following it all your passions let's go for it. my parents did not discourage it mm-hmm. other than my dad with the, the career path right stuff. he like it was put that always first. about the, uh, the finances stuff i don't want anything to be blocked off by finances okay. i want anything you're interested in you want to be a taxidermist you want to be a fucking right even if it's fucking uh, weird like, okay like a windmill technician <laughs> anything you want to own a or fucking an artist or an artist if you give birth anything. to another artist i think ezra is gonna end up being like a basketball player or a sports player that is not what i wanted yeah yeah, that's not that's what my dream was, but totally. it's his dream. Hell if yeah. If it is, you know, obviously there, but for six months now, he's been shooting hoops every day. I have to imagine there's something in him that likes, likes sports, you yes. know? So I'm like, okay. So totally. Yeah. Sports, anything. I, I want to just be totally there for him or her. Something I want to do or that I am doing differently. And that like is that I'm working on. That was a big one for me, a little more like on the, I want to not be like my parents in this regard is my mom was a huge yeller, especially when she was sick. Like she started taking, you know, pain medications and whatnot. And her behavior was volatile. She would like call my family, other family members, like screaming, like Chloe's abusing me. And it's like, no, your 13 year old is not abusing you no matter which way you put it. And I think my family members were in a really hard position where it was like, my mom worked for the state. How were they going to get involved? Even like my dad was like, I want to take you know, you into my custody, I did end up leaving at seven or yeah, at 17, I moved out myself, but, um, she was a yeller. She got other people involved. She kind of would make up these false narratives. I do think it was BPD. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to diagnose anyone, Yeah, yeah. but that's, that is what I think it was. Yeah. And I, the therapist again, kind of confirmed that, but I don't want to yell. I don't want to get other people involved. I'm not going to call and be like, Ezra, you know, in the future is being so fucking crazy. Like he's being a horrible child. I would at the time where she was on these medications and then again, untreated mental medications, uh, we're talking everything from Vicodin and Percocet to Klonopin and everything. Mm. And so her mind was a wasteland. Yeah, I mean, it just, sure. she lived too long and I think she knew that and I knew it and it felt horrible. I remember saying to her, and this is really hard, but I was like, I just, I wish you would die. I just wish you would. And that's something I wish I wouldn't have said. I'm not saying I wish I did, but I was a 16 year old girl and there's no time in your life where a mother and a daughter have a worse relationship than 15 and 16 for any fucking family. That's just the worst. You're not a kid. You don't worship them. You're not an adult. You don't want to be friends with them. You fucking hate them. They're embarrassing. Now, when your mom is hitting you and saying crazy things and calling relatives and screaming about everything and everything's your fault, you're going to say horrible things back. But I don't want to ever put Ezra in that position uh, or my yes, husband. Yes. I don't want to be a screamer, a yeller, and I have to walk away. I will sometimes physically run away if I think the option is screaming. Yes. Now, my dad alternately ran away, yes. hung up the phone. What an answer to my mom, not yes. to me, to be clear. But he has done some of that to me now where yes. he'll like hang up and I'm like, no, we're not doing this. You're not allowed to scream, but I'm also not my mom. And my dad, I think, sometimes shuts down now as an adult and is like, feels attacked. And so he'll like hang up the phone because, like, 
that's what he did to my mom. But I was yes. like, my mom treated you in a way I'm not treating you, dad. Like you can't treat me like that either. And so it's that finding a balance where I'm not ignoring and running away, but I'm also not screaming and feeling the fire. Totally. I'm more running now. And I really want to find the balance of like, how do I confront situations without just like dipping? Yes. So that's something that's, I think the biggest thing for me in parenting is where do I find this balance and in my relationships where yes. I'm not volatile, but I'm also not hanging up the phone because totally. that's not appropriate either. I, I'm the same. And I'm, I do hang up the phone. Yes. So I'm working on it. I would love, yeah, I, in my family, we didn't have very good dialogue, just like mm, major mm -hmm. communication. Mm -hmm. I love, let's put all, every, if you just punch me in the throat, let's put it aside for now. Like, be like, what's, break this fucking down. What's happening? What let's happened? communicate. What yes. happened yes, yes, there? Yes. I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm not going to hold to who you were in the past, even though you just punched me in the throat five minutes ago, I for example. I swear to God. No, my mom would like, hit me and I'd be like, the, do you want to talk about this? Yes. And she'd and just, just scream like, about something it, and i just want to create a household where we can t in my my parents now i definitely introduce this into our family mm -hmm. what the fuck happened why are we so dysfunctional right now that. we've had conversations like two three four hour conversations mm -hmm. like what happened and we broke it down and we got into a better understanding and got closer because of it but i want to start that young yes young i also something good they did and this is just like it doesn't need to be this extreme, but something good that happened because my dad was my main provider. When he had to go on trips, sometimes he would take me, even though that was against the law, but I would have to go to like other foster homes. But I want to be clear that I was mostly in my father's foster home. No, not a single man, boy, teenager laid a hand on me. I just, I alluded earlier that I was in an all male foster home with like oh, six wait. boys. I do want to be clear. No one touched me. I was not sexually abused as a child. Mm -hmm. I, Roe v. Wade again. I have been raped and I did not end up pregnant. Thank you, Jesus. But I was oh. not sexually abused as a child. But I definitely, like, the communication stuff was, I'm right there with you. I guess I just, things weren't it's brought important. up. And I came from a place, like, I was, I needed that communication. But yes. what they did well, anyway, what they did really well is at two years old, I was put into therapy. And I mentioned this before. And I was tested in the third grade. And that's how I found out ADHD, dyscalculia. They tested to see if I was autistic. I want to put Ezra into like talk therapy, maybe like six, yes. um, every six months, maybe that he has this person, maybe quarterly that he can just like go talk to. And if he tells the therapist he doesn't want like it repeated to us, that's totally fine. But hopefully we have a relationship where, he where he's okay. Yeah. And then we can like talk about things. I just, I want him to have another trustworthy objective adult because my therapist, I think lacked the ability to get through to my mom things. We would do like group therapy, like my mom and me and my dad. And almost every time it ended up with them, screaming, crying, yelling, and leaving the room. And I would be left in there with Dr. Chan, like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Like that didn't help me. So they did a really good job in giving me a therapist, but I would like to change the way they did it and actually let my child talk and let that be advantageous. And the yes. fact that like, if, you know, Ezra is feeling a certain way at home or like Ben and I are fighting in front of him or something, which we really, really try never to do, but he'll get older yeah, and things will happen. My parents did an amazing job keeping me in therapy. They did not do a great job in the follow-up. And totally. I want to do what they did. And then just one step better, right? Like, we always just want to be a little be better than our parents yes. were. Um, so that's something for me. I think getting oh, yeah. your child into talk therapy is incredible. But, like, use it 
wisely. Yes, get tools. And like, it's you're not sending your kid to therapy because they need therapy. You're sending them to therapy so that there is this third space yeah. where you can become a better parent and take feedback yes. from a therapist who's an adult who yes. can speak better than your five-year-old. Yes, and it's a good third-party person, third party perspective. That's something I that really want to do. Yes. We all got fucking blind spots. We have our spots. blind spots. I'm a mother. I'm yeah. going to have a blind spot. I totally. want to like that is awesome. get yeah. feedback. So that's something I want to do, which yeah. bounces off your communication. Yes, open dialogue. Yeah, and open, um, uh, yeah, have have them feel comfortable in speaking stuff that they're going through, either with I us or someone else. Because I was in foster care. Yeah. You know, like, I had these boys I was living with, which is why I wanted to preface, like, yeah. I'm a, just, you know, I'm being vague about some things. But stuff would happen, like, one of them spit on me all the time. Fucking annoying, you know, but he had his own stuff. And his name was Greg. He was a he spit on me. And I would talk about that in therapy. And, like, I, I love that they gave me that opportunity because I did live in a very chaotic environment. It would, like, my birth mom, again, block that out. But she would, like, pinch me. That was one thing that she would do. And she was really mad at me. She would pinch my arms and twist. Now, that hurts when you're a little kid. But I had someone at least I could talk to. And I just, even if I hadn't had any of that, I think that the other conversations I had in therapy that were about like sharing mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. listening, those are so valuable to any child. Even I'm not going to pinch my kid and twist. I, there's not going to be a, a teenage boy spitting on him, but sharing is still hard. Oh, for so, sure. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. kind of my take on I it. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And a boy, you're raising a boy, which is amazing. I know. To raise a boy with emotional intelligence. Yeah. It's definitely a now. huge responsibility. Definitely. Anything else that like is major in wanting to kind of do differently or do you want to move yeah. into L forgiveness? Forgiveness. All right. Yeah. Where I, are you at with your relationship with your parents? We're good. I, it's hard for me because I spent so much time. I kind of, when I was younger, there was so much dysfunction in the arguing and stuff like that. We just, as between my sibling, we. Do you feel like they got nowhere. Like, what do you mean with the arguing? Like what kind of arguing was happening? We were just, it was just a disagree. Like I felt like they needed to do something with my sibling and nothing mm. was ever done. Mm -hmm. And there was so many things that would go on. So, and it would nonstop at one point. I really, within myself, I was like, I'm fucking done with this people. Got it. These people was my inner dialogue. Like those words. Exactly. I didn't have a sibling. So that's an interesting perspective. And yes. I don't plan to be a parent to siblings. I yes. mean, I would love to adopt, but that's like a, I would love to adopt, but yes. I don't really have any plans to. Yes. So, so this, your perspective is very different than mine. And so I was like, I'm fucking done with these people. Okay. Was these people was not my family. It was mm -hmm. these people. So a part of me already it. like, you like shifted yourself away. Major. Okay. Okay. And, um, which was probably easy. Why it was so easy for me to move out. Mm -hmm. But, um, so afterwards I did a lot of, um, uh, emotional work. Like when, in my early twenties, mm -hmm. I did a lot of, um, just like I just learning things like starting from the bare minimum, learning things like forgiveness. That was something I would just like, Oh, you did something fucked up to me and we are forced to be together. I'm just going to like forget that it even happened or just like act like it didn't happen. And we just had what we had before, but that will just be weighing on our relationship. So even and it if it wasn't like on. you weren't actively holding a grudge, I guess, because you weren't like putting it back in their face internally, huge grudge. It was just weight was just being put on totally. the okay. idea of Chloe forever, forever until I just was ready to leave. And that's you how just, I've treated yeah. some friendships, which I'd love to do a friendship episode. Soon. Oh, for sure. I, won't talk about it. Yeah. Like that's a blind spot for me. Yeah. And, uh, it's I've, painful. Yeah. I just it's, walk away. Yeah. Yep. And I, so I did that with them 
with with my family. So then now in the future, after I did all this work, I did a couple of like really intense retreats, which I had to dive in, in, into mm-hmm. a lot of- I do love of, a good retreat. <laughs> oh, into all these like, like these anger things that I had towards my family. And then, um, which started all the open dialogue with them. So then going back to looking at hindsight of like meeting them as adults, I was like, oh shit, you guys literally- are people and you're figuring this out yeah and we i looked at you as like mama daddy but you guys are literally just people and then like you just were figuring out how to make this life in america work in their circumstances having no knowledge of american culture only the knowledge that they brought here and then adapting as they're adapting they had a kid and they didn't even there's start no adapting. rule book for parenting so like it's None. so empathetic of you and important to see that like they had so much else going on like being a parent is a whole ass world a whole ass and then world. all these other whole ass worlds that they were navigating and, then, and as kids were irrationally expecting everything because mothering is a thankless job well and it's not even irrational because it is rational they literally do everything for you so yes. of course you're expecting everything I, I don't know if rational is the right word or irrational but like well irra- you have this expectation children need everything and if you don't grow out of it yes it's, it's if you're more a teenager, if you're a teenager if you're a teenager still that's what this. i'm saying Tot- okay, okay you're just like demanding all this stuff and you're like wait they actually only lit in my parents case specifically only gave everything they could yeah with what they had and like the parents that they had and that's such a cliche thing to say but literally so i just like just with that knowledge it like lifted a lot of guilt, uh, resentment and guilt on my end. And then when I talked to them about it, we did this like a many times, every time we get together, we talk about, we're like, all right, what's going on? What happened at this time, at that time? And random things like my mom will literally ask like, didn't you date a girl? How did you guys navigate the sexual aspect of dating a woman if yeah. you're gay now? Yeah. Literally, never. But I love that. I love we, that it's so open. We never would have been able to talk about totally. something like that until we started talking. So, um, a lot of forgiveness, just like me being like, yo, I was not a fucking easy kid. I, yeah, all I of this was same. coming out. And then them being like, yo, we didn't even, we didn't even know what we were doing in the beginning. We were winging it and we had no tools. All the tools we got was from this tiny ass church that we went to. Right. That's it. We and have a very Bible. similar, I mean, I think we have a very similar experience in becoming adults and like gaining empathy. And Again, for people listening, there are situations where your parents don't deserve it. Like yeah. they don't deserve this empathy. Our parents did deserve it. For I sure. really, I really Deserving, believe that. Yes. Um, I had a similar experience, I think, with my dad. The biggest thing for me that I've had to forgive um is that he didn't take me away from my mom, but she would threaten to like take him to court to ruin his name, to put him into jail. She knew every judge. And now my mom was saying this from a place of just dying she was dying she was dying from the drugs she was dying from the cancer she was dying from mental illness like i can't express what a wonderful beautiful big light my mom was in so many ways and she was an amazing friend and whatnot but she was a hard family member for everyone she was hard for my grandma my grandma and i had conversations after she died she was hard for my dad she was hard for her sisters um it was very hard to love my mom intimately she was an incredible friend and leader and mentor and savior to so many people but as a close relative in those last 10 years mm-hmm. the most difficult situation to navigate because of her connections to the state and then because of who the fuck she was yeah. like she just was such a big personality 
So my dad, I've forgiven because I understand what a big personality my mom was. She was like me. I think, and you've experienced this when arguing with me, it's very mm -hmm. difficult to argue with us because we will always be right. Yes. Yeah. I yes. know. Yes. I'm working on it every day. That's yeah, yeah, another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really do feel like I'm not always right now. I yeah. really feel like I've given people more room. Yeah, but for there sure. are times like Joe Rogan. Although, did you read the articles that Joe Rogan just came out with that he hates the gays vocally? Um, yes, I saw, and I saw the clip too. That's why I hate Joe Rogan. Yeah. But in anything my mom was, it was, she was always right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so with my dad. In and her mentality my, or was she actually right? No, God, no. It was her mentality. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So with my aunts, I think I kind of held that against them too. Like, why would you let me stay with her? Like, why wouldn't you intervene? And it was like, what could they do? They yeah, had children. powerful. They had lives and they knew, but what could they do? But they have made it up to me tenfold as an adult and our relationships are so strong and they, they don't really owe me anything. These are my adopted aunts, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like they've just, they're incredible people that I resonate with. I feel like I'm more similar to my aunts than I mm -hmm. ever was to my mom in terms of our, like, we're very respectable, like yeah. kind people with like good, stable jobs and whatnot. And, and my intention. mom was always kind of the black sheep, but I did take her love of life and parties. Like I, I did take that in hosting and being generous, but in the way I present myself, I definitely resonate with her sisters more. They mm -hmm. were not so mentally ill. Um, and I do have my things, but I wouldn't call myself like actively mentally ill. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. my mom definitely was. Um, and so that brings us to forgiving a dead person. Yeah. You know, she died at 18. So when you I was to 18, obviously. Yeah. So I, had to forgive her, but I had to forgive myself more because yes. I was mean. I was, but I didn't understand in the moment. Like, I don't know what Klonopin and Percocet and Vicodin do. And, and she you were had a child. A pharmacy. I was a child. So I had to forgive myself. I, I think I forgave her first, but what has transitioned me from the completely outrageously out of control, Adderall addicted, socially drinking problem person is that I forgave myself because I did tell her, I wish you would die and I hate you and I don't want to be around you and no one likes you and you're fucking crazy. Those are things I can't take back. Mm -hmm. When my mom, I remember she hit me and I hit her back and then I moved out. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And so there were parts of me that were like, I need to get out of this. I need to get out of this. I need to get out of this. But how the fuck do you get out of this when this is your mom? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like living with her. And your dad lived separately because they were never together. Let me remind you, he was my foster parent. She was my caseworker. They adopted me together, but not in a relationship. They yeah. were just friends, coworkers, if you will. So I knew she was sick. I could forgive that more easily. I was like, I, and I remember how good of a parent she was. She fought for me. She illegally adopted me. She went through loopholes that I could probably sue the state for because they should not have let her adopt me. And I was abused after. Yeah. I'm coming for my money. Yeah. But no. <laughs> I just, yeah, I've had to, I, I, she loved me more than anything. Yeah. And that allowed me to forgive her. Forgiving myself was different. Yes. That's a whole fucking other. Yes. But I was a child yeah. and I would forgive a 15 year old. If I saw, I guess, Ooh, objectively, if anyone's listening quote. and you were, yeah. could be considered like abusive back, you cannot be abusive to the person who holds power over you. You are being reactory when yes. she reactive, when she told me that I was abusive I think I did buy it, but now looking back, no, I wasn't. And she was, but she was also sick. So at the end of the day, I came to forgive her because she loved me deeply. 
there was a time where she saved me and did not abuse me and only gave me love and filled my cup. And when she turned abusive, it was hard. And when I turned quote unquote abusive back, I wasn't. Yes. And I've forgiven them for everything. I never held anything against them in terms of like not having money and stuff. So I never was mean about that. Um, I did tell them both at a young age, I'd like to be more successful than them. And they both cried. Oh, that fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, I don't, I wish I wouldn't have said some things, but a lot of things I said only because of the situation I was in. It's been hard, but all I do know is a parent now, we're not going to do that here. Yeah. None of that's going to happen here. Hell yeah. We're not hitting. We're not screaming. We're not, my mom would tell me, she would call me my birth mom's name, refer to me as my birth mom, be like, okay, blank crazy that's abusive you know Oh, for sure for sure so forgiveness for me was situational i had to realize the situation is what led to it each like who memory and And just at this point i i carry her love with me and i know she loved me more than some parents ever could love a child and even their own biological kids yes she gave me a gift of love that is you know insurmountable really but it's been a long journey and it was a long journey before I could consider like having a child myself. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be like that. And totally. Whoo. Forgiveness y'all. So um, this has it. been an episode. <laughs> an Any big takeaways though? Anything? Ooh, my foot is crusty. It's, your foot is so gross. <laughs> Any big takeaways? Anything you want to really like, yeah, I got to call my mom after yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. Um, I already had to apologize to my dad today. I was short with him, and then I had to be like, it wasn't you. It was the lady who fucking stole my money. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm still hard on my dad. Yes. Still working on it. Yes. And yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. There's a lot that I am becoming aware that I need to unlearn on my own thing, like the overworking thing you mentioned earlier. It's, I hope, whether you're still, like, just a child, like, you don't have kids, even if you don't want kids ever, like, I hope you can hear something, I guess, from our childhood and our relationship with our parents and either, I guess, walk away or start to forgive. But this middle ground of anger is not worth it. And you're not a victim. You can't, you can't be a victim for the rest of your life. You cannot be like, well, my parents abused me. My parents left me. My parents neglected me. And so like, they owe me this. They don't actually owe you anything. Truly. Not at this point. Like they did owe you something at that point, but at this point they don't like you just walk away. Call them once a year, don't call them at all, or begin the path to forgiveness. But you cannot live in this in between. And if you are a parent, do not dim your child's light. No. Do not. It's very important, especially in this day and age, that we are letting our kids express themselves to the fullest and let them rein themselves in in the future. Let them do it. Let them be authentic. Let them be themselves. And if you don't want children, don't have them. Don't have them. And, you know, we have a safe space here, if anyone especially doesn't need children, yes. you know, in California, you can come oh, here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think you have to want to, you have to make a choice. And if at any time you can't make that choice, there are consequences. So be, before you do this, before you give birth to a child or whatever it may be, like, you better be ready to choose to be a parent for the rest of your life. So okay. that's what we have to say. And Thank That's you for it. our listeners for listening and um, comment, subscribe on YouTube. I'm going to make a Facebook 
page. Right. Yeah, Facebook. And next episode that we record, I'll like make sure Drop I it. put it out. Yeah. But we'll we'll release it earlier on Instagram. So it's probably already out. Thank you for joining if you already have. Mwah. This we was love heavy. You. Okay, bye. Ooh, bye. We're gonna oh leave you with gosh. that. Good luck uh, dealing with that one. Bye. <laughs> Follow us on YouTube at Too Long Didn't Listen. Follow us on Instagram at Too Long Didn't Listen Pod. And follow us on TikTok at Too Long Didn't Listen Pod. Please make sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Thank you to our producer, Ilya. Thank you for our artwork, Morgan. And thank you for the music, Kai Music. You better listen, bitch.